I uh, I don't know. I had I lent Mary the uh, my digital recorder, and now I've put plugged it in, and it was like so like it was like I don't know. The recording level was crazy. Like crazy high, crazy like crazy high. high. Yeah, it was just like the sound of the room was like this. Glad I wasn't talking. I'd be deaf. But anyway. Oh, stars. Okay. Do you, do you need some time to fix that? And, no, and it, se- it seems okay now. All right. It seems okay. If uh, listeners, if you're listening to this and the, it's not, sorry. Sorry. We did, we did uh, almost everything we could. <laughs> we, did, we did almost nothing that we could. Yeah, we did. Yeah. As they say on The Simpsons, we tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was Which, definitely again, me. Is a lot like this year. Yes. De- definitely. <laughs> that's definitely me for sure. Yes, I. Uh, sorry, I was a bit late. I was watching um, Lisa's favorite TV shows, "People Killing People," and and so uh, I was a bit. I was a bit. Uh, I don't know what. I, just sitting there watching, and then I went, "Oh, because I don't have a watch anymore, you know." So you're like relying on your phone, or you're relying on, you know. And my phone wasn't nearby. I left it in the kitchen by the sink where I was washing dishes. And then uh, you know, then you're like, "Oh, it's eight o'clock. Oh, <laughs> better go outside." So then I'm running outside. It's time to record our, uh, our, our, our killer pro- podcast. That's right, our killer. Literally. Oh, no, it's not literally killer. What, we, what, what do we kill, Dave? We kill time. <laughs> That's what the people ask from us. Yeah, by the end of uh, two and a half, three hours, mm-hmm. it, that time's dead. They ain't getting that back. That ain't bothering nobody that time. It's gone. <laughs> they, look at their, they look at their phone. And they're like, oh, man, I got two and a half hours and nothing to do. Yeah. What should I? Oh, there we go. And on their deathbed, they look and go like, wish I had that three hours back. <laughs> it's like, what were his final words? You, you know what? Fuck, fuck sneaky dragon. Oh, that's a weird thing. <laughs> that's a weird thing. I wonder, that was his rosebud. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> the journalist is trying to research it, talking to some old version of some old guy. I remember sneaky dragon. <laughs> Meanwhile, then the final scene is someone deleting all his old podcast files. <laughs> so much. Why, why did he store all these? Yeah, oh, what a waste I'm, of time this is. I'm going to listen again one day. Oh, no, you're not. And click. <laughs> Who are the Beatles? I don't know. That's another movie. Click. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah. No, Lisa's favorite It's Lisa's favorite kind of show to watch is uh, Murder Mysteries. And I, yeah. Uh, I'm okay with them, you know? Do you think there's a time where all these people who are really enjoying these murder mysteries... Uh, are just gonna snap and just start killing people when they learn like enough <laughs> ways to completely get away with it. Well, I think because they yeah. they do now. They uh, no. like all these people know how to get away with murder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well, <laughs> you know, I think that the important thing to remember is that it's still fiction. So even it's not real. Like you can't you can't apply that knowledge to to reality. It, it's kind oh, of actually so it's not true. It's not true crime stories. No, it's not true crime. But even true crime is like through a lens of of someone's someone's idea of. You know. It's a lens. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I was someone was telling me I was reading somewhere that like CSI shows and stuff like that have really have made it really hard to present forensic evidence in court because people have like too high an expectation of what forensic evidence will provide. Mm. You know, so they're disappointed. Like, well, that's it. They can't like pinpoint the exact time of death. <laughs> Don't you have bugs? You know, like, well. <laughs> You know, there's a limit to what we can do, and like you know, even bugs aren't foolproof. So, so no, enough with the yeah. bugs. 
And it's tough to swear in the bugs on the stand. And they yeah, that's right. You got to get the tiny microphone out. <laughs> They're like, we, could we, can we hurry this up? I only live for a day. I got other stuff to do before I die today. It's like, we said till tomorrow. Ah, oh, <laughs> I call Buzz the fly to the stand. Buzz. Hey, uh, where's my where's my dung ball? <laughs> I left my dung ball what? here. Where's your oh, dung yeah, beetle here? We have a really, yeah. we have a real open body farm policy. Yeah, he knows his shit. <laughs> I, prefer- I think I could sell, I could sell this show to the CBC. You could sell it for sure. I prefer shows where the the detective is interesting. You know, okay. that they're they're personable in some way. Okay. You know, which is kind of rare nowadays in most shows. In most shows, the detective is like a real a real stick in the mud. You know, they're just a gloomy Gus, just kind of, you know, tromping around with their hands in their pocket, looking serious. And they have some personal problems, you know. And uh, so I like this show from New Zealand. It's called, um, like, The Brokenwood Mysteries or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, in a small town in New Zealand. And the detective is, like, you know, he's just, like, a guy. He's just kind of a schlubby guy. He likes country music, drives an old car. But, you know, he's a good detective. And he's also nice, you know, so. And That's then, nice. Yeah, and then there's, like, there's a female detective who works with him, and then the, kind of another another guy who um, does the, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting, which he doesn't want to do. And I would, yeah, it's I would good. Go, please continue. No, no, I was just going to say it's good. So then you can. Here would be my my show. This is my pitch. Mm-hmm. It's about it's a it's a okay. The lead character is a woman, and her uh, naturally. The, okay, yeah, and uh, and and the show is called yeah. the the tolerator. Okay, okay. and what right. what she does is yeah. She's the one who's like next to someone like the mentalist or house. Okay. Or, or one of these geniuses. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's a real asshole. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's the one who's just like, you know, or, yeah. or like uh, Scully mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, X-Files. No, and, right. and it she has toler- to be a woman. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And she tolerates his shit through the whole thing and just like, meh. And, you know, and she might solve some of the mysteries. Maybe she doesn't. But, yeah, yeah. But her whole thing is like, she'll put up with it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good, actually. Yeah, like having to like repair relationships after this guy has like left the room. You know? Yeah, she takes it and and deals with it. <clears throat> I know he and... seems like an asshole, but he's actually a really nice guy when you get to know him. You know, like yeah. And then you see like her home life, and she is uh, crazy with her family. Really takes it out on tears, <laughs> like super calm until she goes in the door, and then just like, what am I smelling? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And why is it fish? And why is it fish? And just kicks everything over and all the kids are crying. Who has been sitting on the couch? Yeah. Questions yeah. Like when did we get wallpaper? We almost had wallpaper. Get it down! <laughs> Jesus. Who left the toilet seat up? You yeah. told us to leave it up. I want you to leave it down. I want you to leave it midway so when I, when I decide what I want, we'll do that. But yeah, so she's the tolerator and the, and the twist is at yeah. home, she isn't. Huh. It's quite yeah, a, it's quite a thing. It's quite but a twist. but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the 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 husband he kind of he kind of likes being yelled at. Oh, okay. So, you that know, he, and he he has a spinoff show, and his yeah. show is called The Enabler. <laughs> yeah. He talks a lot about his bird books. Yeah, and he's played by William H Macy. William H Macy. Yeah, William H Macy plays the the. It's like oh, I'm so sorry, and he'll he'll do that role. Do you feel like that's a role that he commonly plays? No, nope, I do not. But I think he could do uh, <laughs> the guy who's like, uh, it's... yeah, he could do it well. He is the most that kind of looking guy who never plays that kind of role. Yeah. 
And I, I was reading an interview with him one time, and he said that acting was like fighting, and you had to beat the other person. And I thought, well, now I know why you'd never play that kind of role, because <laughs> your approach is so is so uh, oppositional. It's uh, really interesting. Well, that's a weird that's a weird way to go. Like, I know, you know, isn't it? Yeah, but he just right, so say you're the say you're like a you know the, the fourth lead in yeah. Hamlet. Yeah, you got to beat Hamlet. Is that what you're gonna do? Or yeah, you, you have to like that? you you're. I mean. Your part, you have to play your part better than anyone else. Oh no, you got you got to outshine okay. the other actors. Yeah. Well, it feels like you're then making it about you, uh, which no, is yeah, you no know kidding. isn't necessarily making it about the scene, which is yeah. you know that that's the thing. You got to make it about you know things on the whole, you know, yeah. not to, not just you. Like that guy was a real good actor. Good for him. <laughs> you know, if you have someone saying that, uh, you you've uh, fucked up a little bit probably in your uh, in your acting. And they're like, hmm, wow, yeah, that's good acting. I like, was, no. uh, yeah, I was kind of shocked to, re- to read that just because I, my, it, my imaginary William H Macy did not meet the real William H. Mm-hmm. But my imaginary William H Macy, I think, I think it's Fargo where he first like came to my attention as an actor. Okay, I'm sure I saw him in other things, but I didn't really notice him. But that movie, of course, like kind of is a standout performance. And but you know, when you see that movie, you see that character. You you can't help but kind of put the actor into that role as that that that's the guy's personality. He's kind of a bit of a milk toast, blah blah blah. And then you realize when you read that, oh no, this guy actually thinks like he's hot shit. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Speaking Whoa, of Fargo, let's just say this: Frances McDormand, she's great. She's great. I take she's it always you, great. I take it you saw Nomadland. I did. Very very and good the, movie. Very, very not good as movie. not as good as the movie Chloe Zhang made before that one, or Chloe Zhao made before that one. But... Well, what did she make before that? Oh, The Rider, which I I love so much. Okay, does that have real people in it as well, or was it? It all does. Fictional? It does. It's even more real people because there's not okay. one, there's not one actual actor in the movie. Whereas this movie had it had us, um, her and Bru- that Bruce. Yeah. Feather, no. Strathern. Yeah, Something yeah. Strathern. Yeah, you'll go. Oh, him. Yeah. David oh, yeah. Street, David Street there, and that's his name. Yeah, and then all these people who you, you go, oh, how how are you going to make this work? Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. No, that's, the uh... the cast of the writer is entirely amateur. I mean, she's drawing from their experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, they are people who work. You know, there are people who do what they do in the movie. They they do. You know, they they do that in real life. So I, I'm not familiar with what the movie's about. So what what is uh, it? It's about a rodeo, like a a bronco rider. Who has a really terrible accident and and suffers a uh, bad head injury, and so he's not able to ride horses anymore, um, or at least for the time of the movie. You do see him interacting with horses, but he can't do what he loves, which is be a rodeo rider. And there's um, he has a friend who uh, suffered like a brain damage from from a rodeo incident, and so he visits him a few times during the film, and it's really quite a heartbreaking. That the guy actually did. He did get brain damage, but not from a rodeo incident. He was in a car accident. But you, oh, do, okay. you do see this person that is no like is known to the the lead actor who they were friends and he, or they are friends and his friend had this terrible accident. And so you see this character of the film. You see a sister who's slightly autistic and his dad. They're all played by the, his family member. And uh, yeah, it's um it's a very 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 good movie. <laughs> I have to say, I really, I um Lisa liked. Lisa liked another film we saw the same year, another horse movie called Lean on Pete. She right. she really okay, liked that one a lot. But I have to say the writer for me was this a real uh, movie film. And it's interesting, when we were watching Nomadland, Lisa, Lisa said, Chloe Zhao hates America. Like, she does not film it in a beautiful way. She always films kind of the wastelands and the 
in the kind of empty parts of it. That's what really seems to interest her. But I don't know if that means she hates it. I just think she's sort of attracted to that that kind of openness. Because that's where she did a movie. I've not seen it, but before The Rider, she did a movie that was based in the same place as The Rider. Okay. And she met those people while she was making that first film. And she was so uh, became so enamored with them that she then made this other film kind of based around them, The Rider. And, then, and I guess eventually, well, she's already filmed The Eternal, so... I'm kind of curious how many of the Eternals are just amateur actors that just kind of came came walking past the. Hey, you could be a superhero. Come on over here. Sure. No, it's going to be interesting. With the, we can talk about that a little bit later on. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, I think with the. Well, by the way, let's uh, let's do this thing just for just for fun. Oh. Hey, hey, Dave, have you got the uh, the uh, opening credits? Oh yeah, to... I, guess we, I guess we should start the show. Let's let's, uh, let's let's play those just for fun. Sure. Here we go. Sneaky. I, I can't stop singing the lyrics. Well, the, the theme is yeah, it's such so memorable. It's sixteen Yeah, it is, and and completely original, and not uh, we want to get in trouble for that. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, there. Uh, welcome everyone, Sneaky Dragon. This is episode. If you're uh, writing in your uh, notebooks, yes, uh, it is uh, four ninety. This one, you mm-hmm. have to listen to the entire episode for credit. If you're listening for fun, you can listen to whatever you want. But yeah. if it's for credit, yeah. That will be applied to your podcast degree. You've got to listen to the end. And I know you're like, all of it? Like, yeah, even him reading the letters? I mean, even the co-host fell asleep last time. Like, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. To be fair, I had a, I had the flu. Well, you had a you had a a flu like reaction, but it was a flu like reaction it was, to it a was one like, drug. It was like having the flu. Yeah, to a, to, a, to an experimental drug that may give you superpowers. We'll see. Um <laughs> But, uh, I'll be A to Z man. Yeah, it's it, it was it was interesting to me watch watching it. And again, it's hard to give spoilers for this because there's not really much plot to it. No, but, no. But the, the the concept of like uh, hates America, like to to me, it, there's so much love for these people. Yeah, yeah. Like what what aspect of America? Like is it? I guess is, I guess the uh, I guess the America that's brought those people to this place. But I feel like they are. Where they want to be by choice, not by not by Are circumstances. They, well, that's the thing. You see, okay, so here's here's where I think the dichotomy lies. Yeah, is and again, we're not doing fans planners right now, so this is how this goes. When we do this. <laughs> um, okay, so everyone there probably, if if you know, asked would say, "Of course, I'm here by choice. I love this life." Yeah. Um, but then you say to them. So uh, let's dive into your past a little bit. And then you hear something, you're like, hmm, that's why you're here. And the reason that you're here is not a reason that you wanted to happen. So something happened that got, that then got you, kind of drove you out into the desert. And now you've accepted what this, what this is. Mm-hmm. And you've embraced this because the other life that you've been driven from, you can't go back to. So you could either, you know, be as one woman was talking about, kill yourself, or you accept the life that you've got and go, this is what it is. And, uh, and you know, I'm going to embrace it. Um, but a, a real bottom line to most of these stories, to me, seeing this was just like, oh, my God, America needs some health care. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Because so much of it was mm-hmm. health related things. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then when the, you know the, all of them ended tragically, I'm uh, it's almost like sorry to be the stereotype of like putting the elders on the ice floe. It's like no, we're gonna all the elders are in the desert. They all got like shipped off to the desert because there's no place for them in the in, in this in the cities and in the you know and when they're invited back, they don't fit. They don't fit. They gotta go back out again. And and literally at one point, you know, some people going out there to die, you know, and it's like, I mean, there's obviously many other problems and what have you, and maybe some people just plain like being out in the desert and that's fine, but like a lot of it seemed to be just like you're not taking care of your elderly and you are you have no health care and you know all these things have like literally driven you know your elders into the desert and uh, and that part feels shameful even though they they seem to be like you know en- enjoying having each other's company mm-hmm. uh, to get there there was a there was a, a, a very painful journey it feels like <sighs> but it's it's beautiful countryside you can't deny that <laughs> it's certainly a part of it's certainly a side of America that you don't see and it's not really critic it doesn't really seem to criticize I mean there's one scene that does where people are talking about real estate and yeah, uh, and, okay. and Fern and Fern says so you get people in debt getting uh, over their head and you get rich over that like why is that a good thing yeah yeah oh well, gets them all this house <laughs> yeah that's what it that's what it does yeah you know that's how that's how this all works and yeah but the thing is it's not part of the american dream so mm-hmm. how how do you what do you you know what happens when it goes wrong what do you do you see homeless people on the street okay well you see some of them but you assume that there's something they did wrong yeah if they, you know, there's no real reason they should be. They could find probably if it could you want to be that kind of person. And then you see these folks and just go, yeah, this is the other side of things, you know. I thought it was interesting that they have show her working at Amazon, which is, you know, nowadays, of course, a popular punching bag. But they don't, it's not done in a critical way. It's just, this is where you find, find work and she works at it. And she even says, I like working here. Oh, yeah. no, she does not. She said, she doesn't say she likes working. She does it? She, no, she says two things separate. One, uh, when she's being interviewed for uh, trying to get work later, she goes, yeah. I like work. Okay. She says that. Yeah, yeah. When they ask, you know, what's it like working there? She says, good money. Okay. <laughs> Which is different than yeah, I yeah, like yeah. working. Oh, I thought she said she, she liked working there. No, because she she used to work in a company town. Yeah. And that was... You know that was that was that was her home, and then because of places like Amazon and this kind of thing, those that's one of the reasons I would feel that like a company town would be shutting down because everything gets getting you know sucked up together and together and together and together into bigger mega corporations, and so you lose U.S. gypsum. It's gone. Yeah, it was it was a whole town. It had a swimming pool. It had a golf <laughs> club, a uh, golf course, as she says. Yeah, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. and so you know. Th- they don't directly say shame on shame on them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they never and, and they're not negative. You know, they see people in there who are having a nice time together and they're being kind to each other. Yeah. They're not obviously. They don't have anyone peeing in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you do go. I guess you're oh, limited what you can if you're going to use their facilities. You're limited what you can uh, criticize. Well, I mean, you've got the. I mean, you've got the workers outside, and they're not staying in the motel. They're staying in their vans by the motel. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we get used to that in this movie and see that. But that's a hell of a thing, isn't it? 
that you know if you want to work at Amazon during this yeah. this time period, you have to like sleep in a van and shit in a bucket. That's a that's a that's a thing uh, that probably a person in America shouldn't have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but when like, you're fast, I, I'm, you're I'm fast. you know, I probably I must have missed. So she can't. They can't stay in the hotel or the motel. No, no, no. She stays in. She stays in her van because that's 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 where she's. Yeah. So she goes into the motel and 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 gives her reservation and goes. We don't have any reservation. We're so you know we're full up. Yeah. And she goes. Oh, I'm on the Amazon like parking thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then the second that you know uh, Amazon's done for the season, get out. Yeah, yeah. Well, this not, you have to start paying for it. That's why. Yeah, you'll have to pay four hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, to uh, to live out of your van, which again you just go, jeez, <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. a heck of a thing. But okay. Yeah, even without power or anything, because she doesn't use power. She doesn't use uh, any plumbing yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. she's self sufficient. When I saw when I saw her, the land sorry. costs money. When I say when I saw her uh, do two things, when I saw her one uh, shit in a bucket, yeah. and then and then float uh, on her back in you know in some water, I was like, she's got an Oscar. You don't shit in a bucket and then not get an Oscar. That's you know here's your Oscar. <laughs> she's already got her Oscar, so maybe you think she'll get it again? Yeah, yeah, she shit in a bucket, man. She's not. She's getting an Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, I guess of that's what she is. I guess that's what she was thinking while she was doing it. Well, at least I'll get an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I'll be able to keep the Oscar in this bucket later. I wonder if she like Willie. I wonder if she William H'd Macy'd it when she was done. She just got up and said, pointed at the bucket and said, "Yep, there's your Oscar." Walked out of the, walked out of the van. Like, who's cleaning that up? Yep. And then they both go work on Fargo Two. <laughs> there's to no Fargo Two Furious. <laughs> it's all about family. Well, I, the, the, yeah, the TV shows have actually done that already. So yeah, it's done. <laughs> over it's over it is yeah i'm a, yeah i'm a fan of that uh, director i have not seen her first film though so I'm, maybe i shouldn't say i'm a super fan but i i did really like the writer a lot and i did i did exclaim about it on the show so i feel like i i was there first how many horse movies do you see a year <laughs> well as many will as as come out which uh that year was a bumper crop because we had we had i think in the same year we had lean on pete yeah the rider and then the Mustang, which was about... That's right. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a lot of horses that year. Yeah, it was really great. I, I just picture like the uh, like an award show that's just for horses. And they're all <laughs> sitting there waiting for the thing. And, yeah. it's, uh, and it's the rider. And the other horses are... They're so angry. And the, other, and the one just delicately clops up to the stage. <laughs> Nay. Gets played off and then does a little dance off to the side. And then there uh, was, yeah. uh, there was a... Um... There was also a documentary about a famous jumping horse whose name was Snowman and based in New York. That was also very interesting. Was, oh, cool. What, what was interesting to me about that movie, because, you know, I can't, I'm not like super into horses, so I'm just enjoying it for what it is and, uh, or what I can get out of it. One of the things I enjoyed was the idea that there was a time when small jump, like jumping competitions were covered in the New York Times, you know, like, you know, there'd be like a Times reporter there at, at these small shows. Mm. You know, carefully getting all the information and putting people's names in and stuff. Thought, wow, what a different time. What a different time. It feels like if there was a show about a horse that solved mysteries, uh, you'd be set at your place. Mm -hmm. Horse sense? Yeah, if you had a Dick Francis, but the horse was the detective. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. If, you're, if it's Dick Francis and the horse was injured in its past career. Yeah, yeah, he's in. Yeah, it's that's a common, very common trope in, in Dick Francis books. Yeah, and, and, and they wanted to shoot him. 
Yeah. But he solved a mystery at the last second, so they went, we're going to let you live. Mm. And then he was so grateful. He was let, let live by a police officer. <laughs> and, 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 and he was so grateful for yeah. this. That yeah. He just solves mysteries. He's an ex-police horse. Mm. And, uh, and who used to be a racehorse. And then, and then ended up as a police force through various circumstances. <laughs> we'll get into around season three. Mm. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so it's like a, an ex-police horse. So occasionally he'll see other police horses and the other police horses will like roll their eyes at him and just like, you're a sellout, you know, it's just like, I don't you know. know how, I wonder how many thoroughbreds actually would be used as, as police horses. That's the... This is the biggest problem with my pitch. You're right. <laughs> well, just thinking about it as a person who, as I said, I don't know much about horses. I actually know quite a bit, but um, no, I'm just curious because, you know, you probably don't want to have like a hot blooded horse. That you're riding around in the city streets. <laughs> oh, well, he won't. He won't be interrogating anybody. Is that your worry? That's my worry. I'd be. I'm worried he'll be the bad cop. Yeah, and you know, I like that idea that it's like good horse, bad horse. And so there's one horse that's in there, and the guy's feeding him an apple, and it was just like, you know, are you going to confess? No, bring him the bad horse. And the bad horse comes in. He's all. He's just biting. <laughs> Just he's, doing that, doing that thing that b- bad horses do, and all everything where it just keeps rearing up, you know. Like, yeah, oh, and then and then they're like, "All right, I'll confess." I'll is it going to keep on rearing up like that? Yeah, but here's the trick that you know, is surprising. It's yeah. like it's the same horse. Oh yeah, you he just, just put yeah. a patch. He puts a patch over his eye. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be bad for the horse. Actually, I think they rely more on smell than anything. Yeah. Okay. He puts a fake spot on his side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has fake, fake. Uh, just but it has a fake blaze on it, like a star on its forehead, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I want to see this show. I do want to see this show. <laughs> be, oh my so god. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that horse is bad. It keeps rearing up. <laughs> well, certainly gonna get. If it keeps doing that, it's gonna get a headache. That's for sure. I was once shooing a horse that reared up and it smashed its head on the ceiling of the barn, and then it scared itself and it flew backwards into the into the head of freezer. Oh, in no. This, in, in this area, and it bammed into the freezer, and the freezer popped open, and it, it it somehow got itself wedged down into the freezer, and we had to, like, pull it out of this Aww. freezer. This stupid thing. And then we had to wait for the vet to come and, and uh, tend its wounds. Animals get stuck in things. That's a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. You're right. That's a true story. Animals get stuck in things. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean horses, they're probably, you know, horses, they're... Their main instinct is flight. So when they get scared, they want to go away from what's scaring them. And I guess that was me. And so it just like backed backed itself up. Yeah, it'd be interesting if that but night... It wasn't me. That... I think it just assumed it was me because it reared up and, and and cracked its head. And then oh, I was okay. like, oh my God, this guy, this guy just gave, walloped me. He's scary. And then it just like, you know, went backwards really fast. And the lady who was holding it just couldn't control it. And it, it like smashed into this freezer and popped the lid open and then backed up again. And then before the lid had come down, it had inserted its butt into the, into the freezer. I, 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 if... I found, I found the humorous side of all this. Of no, course. that is, no, that's, that's very humorous. I just wonder if like the horse uh, would dream about you in a nightmare. Be like, oh, that guy. And just wake up. <laughs> It's a called a no. night. It's called a night man. If a horse has a dream. Ah, that's nice. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I wonder how much. I wonder how much our pets dream about us. And if we, uh, if we ever do stuff in the dreams that uh, we don't do in life, because mm-hmm. they're feeling anxious, yeah. and then maybe they wake up and they go like, "That son of a bitch," and then you're like, "That's why we're <laughs> giving you the cold shoulder." But they don't know. They don't know that's all make em ups. Huh. Well, yes. Okay. The answer is yes. Then Good. to all of the things you said. All right, good. Because I think I think it, dogs. It is interesting thinking that your pets probably do dream about you, though. 
Well, well, we have no way of knowing, but yeah, it could be. Well, they dream of something because they're doing the little leg thing. And like, ah, you don't think that's just like a nerve, like a like an. Like a, a nervous, like a nerves reaction or disorder. Well, nervous I system. mean, they they do that, but they also have the eyes doing the REM movements, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it'd be weird if it was duplicating all the things that we have when we dream. But then I'm not sure there's. I mean, there's, 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 that's, we, we do those things because we're enough. sleeping, not because we're dreaming. Well, not our uh, REM uh, thing in there with our eyes, right? That's that's that's. Isn't, isn't that just a sign of, of of when you're in a deep form a deep form of sleep? Well, that's a very good question and one that should be answered by any vets that are out there. <laughs> or any, any experts in sleep. Or ex- experts. Anyone who sells mattresses. I'll take your... I'll anyone take your, who ever has slept. Or anyone who yeah. has slept. Well, I've slept, but I... You know what? I'm really unobservant and I've never really looked at myself while I'm sleeping. Right. Well, you're also that uh, fella who doesn't have nightmares, too. So you're an interesting case. No, I, would like, I have nightmen. <laughs> I would like to find out why that is. Why, what is? why oh. it is that you don't have nightmares well i think i mean it's possible that i do because i just i sleep really super deeply for one thing so i i'm i am i sleep into an unconscious state like i'm completely like like i could be killed quite easily when i'm sleeping that's why i'm married to lisa it's an evolutionary survival tactic because she she will be woken up by a, a fly hitting the window whereas right. i when i was a when I was a well, there's a, here's for an example. When I was a teenager, I would babysit my cousins, and one night I stayed overnight just because my my aunt and uncle were home really late, and it just made sense for me just to sleep over. And so I slept in my in my cousin's room. And he was sleeping in a captain's bed, and during the night he fell out of bed onto a chair. Then he and the chair fell on me. Then he was laying on me crying, and his mom and dad came in and they picked up the chair and they put him back in bed and everything like that. And the only way I knew about it is they told me it happened in the morning. But none of that woke me up because I just sleep super deeply. So it's possible that I do have nightmares, but I just don't remember them. The dreams that I do remember or when I have like a stress dream, when I'm in that stress dream, what what happens is I go, oh, this is just a dream. And then I just go and then I, the dream changes in some way. You know? okay. So I'll be having like this stress dream. I'm trying to like fit a chicken into a box, you know, or something like that, whatever. This is just an example. I don't remember this <laughs> actual dream. But you know what I mean? I'm like going through this really crazy thing and I'm trying to do this thing and you're getting all, you know, well, I got to get this done because if I don't get it done, then the spaghetti's going to burn. Oh my God. And then, but in my dream, I'll be like, oh, this is a dream. Why, why am I in such a state? And then I just, then I just kind of, the dream sort of morphs into something else, mm. you know? So I don't, I don't really have like a lot of like, so if I am having like a nightmare kind of feeling in a, in a dream, I just, in my dream, I'm just like, oh, this is just a dream. So it's, it's okay. What's going on? Okay. And once that happens, then the dream kind of changes because I've, I've kind of taken myself out of that scenario in some way. My brain goes, okay, let's, let's try this track instead. <laughs> Whatever your brain does when you're sleeping. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think just in the, in the last, you know, year and a bit or whatever, uh, my brain's just gotten so mad at me and just wants to know what the hell's going on with everything. <laughs> What's up? What's up with this shit? Knock it off. Mm-hmm. Knock this nonsense off. Did you have any uh, fever dreams when you uh, had your shot as part of your uh, flu-like symptoms? No, I've only ever had a fever dream once. And I, I told you about it because I watched that movie, The Mexican. And I kept dreaming about that movie. like Just like playing the scenario of the movie over and over again in, in like a dream state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hated that movie. And so I really hated having to watch it over and over again in, in, this, <laughs> in this dream state. It was really awful. But I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. It was just like a rut. I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, oh, that stupid movie. Oh, my God. And then I'd fall back asleep again and I would just have the same dream. And I'd wake up and be like, God damn it. Enough of this Mexican thing. So then I'd like, you know, just lay there. But I was really sick. So, you know, I couldn't, uh, 
my body just was like, no, I want to really like work over what this movie meant or something. I don't know why my, my brain was so fascinated by this thing. I just kept wanting to... I do think dreams are a way for our mind to to like hash out hash out the dealio you know it's just like what's going on like i'm gonna i have to think about this i'm gonna make i'm gonna make your mind i'm gonna make your experience like you know some sort of like reflection of your day or your life or wherever you are right now i used to as a young child yeah uh someone told me something about like you know where uh i was like oh can i just dream that i'm flying if i like go oh flying 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 mm-hmm. think of flying and then go to sleep and i'll dream i'm flying and there was told no that's not how dreams work Dreams work randomly. No. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so somehow I figured out that, like, oh, if I don't want to dream about it, think about it as much as possible. And okay. Because then, then you'll go into the random, and whatever you think about, you will not dream about. And if you have a nightmare, like I remember having this nightmare about a lion that was walking around on its hind legs just throwing people into its mouth and eating it. And then I woke up and I just went, well, I'm not going to dream that again because I've dreamt it already, and it's <laughs> done. And so there's no fear of like going, I was like actually relieved. I'm like, well, that dream's over and, uh, and back to dreaming. And then, yeah, I dream about something else and uh, that's bullshit and it doesn't work uh, when you're an adult, <laughs> but when you're a kid and you think it'll work, it usually works. I, well, when I'm in a hypnagogic state, I, I can, I can do like do intentional dreaming then, you know, like I like to dream, I like to dream that I'm f- flying when I, when I'm in that state, like I, you know, when you're just kind of on the verge of falling asleep, I often like to like dream that I'm flying like in a canyon. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just be like just sort of floating along in a canyon. And it's a sort of, it's a sort of an unfolding landscape as I fly along. And I just sort of dream it. And it's in, in that kind of place where, you know, you are dreaming, but you're also conscious, you know? So that's, that's about as close as I think you can get to like controlled dreaming. But you have to be kind of in a, whatever it is, you have to be in, have some intention when you're, when you're in that state. Yeah, I had a I had a flying dream last last week. It was nice. kind of a super a superman. Yeah, I know it was nice. And uh, it, and in the dream, I realized I could and I did. And it was nice. It was very pleasant. Um, then I kind of <laughs> I woke up because it was kind of a supermanish dream. Yeah. And uh, and it made me think for a second, like, man, Superman spends a lot of his time trying to get away from people. <laughs> it he is, doesn't do it a lot a, of it is thing, flying yeah. around the city mm-hmm. looking for crime. Yeah. Or any of that stuff, make sure everyone needs any, anyone need anything, anyone need anything. <laughs> like he does a lot of like, you see him flying through the mountains or yeah. into space or he goes to his fortress of solitude, which is as far away from people as possible. The guy, for yeah. someone who's supposed to like humanity, really tries to get away from us as much as he can. Well, that, that's the problem when your character is written by extroverts or introverts, right? Like, so the writers who are writing it, their, their dream is like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have like the power of flight so you can just get away from people? <laughs> Yeah, and That's like the my, opposite what, of what Superman is about. But. What can you do? I can lift anything. I can fly. I can go into. I can. I can do anything. And I can go anywhere. What? What should I do? Hollow out a mountain. <laughs> sit inside by yourself. <laughs> and do what? Take a giant key. Lock the fucking door. Yeah. No one can get in. Oh, that sounds kind of boring. Why am I? Why well, I mean, you have have a couple of statues of your dead parents <laughs> of them right there. Look at it. Look at it. Look at them. And maybe you can have a zoo. Maybe. <laughs> can I play with the animals? No. No. Behind glass. Behind glass. That's where they stay. And that's where they look at you when they're the last of their species. Oh, that's that's terrible. Why don't I put them on a planet where they can run free? No! You keep them there, trapped. Isn't that what Brainiac does? No. 
but just sit and look at them. They look at you. The end. <laughs> I think that's more a symptom of like the writer going, you know, his um, Fortress of Solitude, full of stuff, you know, and then the artist is like, full of. Well, that's not helpful. What? What is a Fortress of Solitude? It's kind of like the Batcave, right? Like one day someone like they had to draw the Batcave. They're like, oh, I don't know. I'll just put like a giant penny in it. <laughs> Dinosaur thing over there. I, I don't know what the what the fuck's gonna be in a bat cave. This is stupid. Yeah. Why would you ever have like the Joker's playing card there? <laughs> like so. it's not a victory to you because the guy breaks out of jail every Thursday <laughs> and kills people. <laughs> what? That's not a trophy, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like having the paw of a lion that like is always out there murdering people on your wall. You didn't hunt him and catch him. I don't have, have the paw. Maybe maybe a picture of the lion. Okay, fine. You know, but like, you know, it's just like, what's the thing? I just think the lion would be really limited in its killing potential if it was missing a paw, but okay. Like, maybe it's like such a if, super lion. If you have, if, if you're in the world of Batman and you've got a dinosaur and a penny and a giant playing card of the Joker, <laughs> then none, no of the villains can be killing people then. You've got to just... He's just he enjoys it and they have fun and it's a bit of a game yeah. and it's okay then it's fine don't then f- it's fine don't forget that your car is up on like a round stand like it's at a car show yeah you don't want to have Charles Manson Manson's you know uh, you know a suit you know hanging there like <laughs> why do you have this out in the open just like you know I caught him oh okay I guess he broke out a couple of times but all right fine <laughs> weird it's weird don't have it on display. Especially since his suit is like a denim vest and some love beat. Yeah, didn't he kill your son? Yeah, two, actually, two of my two of my kids. Oh my god! Why do you have this out? This must be a tragic memory. Oh, I also have my son's clothes hanging there uh, in a tube. Oh Jesus! Was he killed in those? Yeah. Ow! You're not good at your job <laughs> or anything. Yeah, that's just the case of the poor artist, you know, being like put up against the. The deadline wall and be, being told to, you know, fill the back cave with some stuff. What? What stuff? Like, just some stalactites? It's like, no, no, some interesting stuff, like interesting things. Well, this is the thing. It's like, whether you want to go with the idea of, is it fun to have a back cave in Fortress of Solitude? And would you put all your fun stuff in there? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, then you can't have him being a tragic uh, sack of shit. <laughs> so you can't have that. It doesn't work together. Yeah. Having both things, you know? Uh, no, no, sir. And uh, Wonder Woman doesn't have any of that banana stuff. She's got a plane and gets on with her life. She has an invisible jet. <laughs> yeah. Well, she can't display anything in it. It's invisible. Everyone can see inside it. Uh, I was watching um, on YouTube, I was watching an appreciation of the 1966 Batman movie. And, uh, okay. I thought it was an interesting argument to make in favor of that movie. Oh, okay. was someone against that movie? I I've I've never liked it, but uh, so oh I thought, okay, and I, I like it. And I saw okay. it when I, I saw it when I was twelve or something like that. And I just I thought it was dumb, but what do I know? Yeah, it is it is dumb. That is okay. true. But I got, like dumb and boring, dumb like this kind of. Oh, I disagree yeah. with that part. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was my experience watching watching it as a kid. All right. I, guess I was just like, well, he's dumb, <laughs> kind of boring. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean this this fellow was making like a credible case for the. As a, it, it as as dumb fun entertainment, like, mm-hmm. and you know, was, I think he was just trying to counter. I think he was doing it in a way to counter, like, because everyone's of course talking about a new movie that came out a little while ago on HBO Max. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a little film called Justice League. And so well, no, you're thinking of a, that was a sitcom 
that was uh, uh, with David o Ogden Stiers as Martian Manhunter. That you're thinking of that? That's Justice League. Yeah, that was Justice League. That was like I, it wasn't a sitcom. It was like an hour long, I think, uh, TV movie. Yeah. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about at all? That's the movie that just came out on HBO Max. Is an hour long. Okay. All right. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> let's let's split in two here. I was assuming that you knew of this other thing that I'm speaking of. Well, no. I was all just right. I was just making reference to the fact that this big giant four hour behemoth came out, and then this person perversely decided to cover. The, the happy Batman of 1966 Batman, okay. which I thought was like a kind of a clever twist on everyone else's obsessing over and claims that, that, um, that, um, the Snyder cut got it right. And all those kind of like little okay. headlines that we're seeing on, on YouTube right now. Then let me just really quickly say, lay out the pipe of what I was talking about. Okay. There. So this is a Real new, fast. this is a new show. No, it's I have not, not heard about. Okay. It's well, all right, here we go. Okay. Uh, it, it is also, let me say this, the yeah. entire thing is available on this YouTube you're talking about. All right. um, but it was, uh, the year was 1997. Okay. And it was a, uh, uh, it was a film, 86 minutes long, uh, Justice League movie that was done on CBS. And it aired on CBS. Huh. And this was back when uh, the Justice League comic was kind of funny and lighthearted. So this and was so the, during the Keith Giffen time? That's correct, yes. Okay. Uh, J.M. Uh, DeMathis and uh, Keith Giffen, that's right. Mm -hmm. So uh, Green Lantern is in it, but he's Guy Gardner. Yes. Uh, the David angry Ogden, the angry Green Lantern. That's right. David Ogden Stiers played the Martian Manhunter. Uh, okay. There was... The least uh, in shape Martian Manhunter that's ever been seen. Well, he can shapeshift, so, you know, sometimes maybe not the same thing. <laughs> um, uh, there was The Flash, Barry Allen's The Flash. There was uh, Ray Palmer's The Atom, and uh, they had uh, two characters, Fire and Ice, with the ladies. One was fiery, one was icy. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was done as a comedy, okay. uh, you know, with Joe Wilkes. And it's uh, not good at all, <laughs> but it existed. Okay. And it, it was there in 1997, 20 years before the 2017 Joss Whedon version of the Justice League. Uh, film and then as you mentioned yes there's this new version with uh the zack attack yeah yes you're right okay but please continue with with the mopey batman yes mopey batman yes and i'm going to send you a link up to the justice league of america thank thing. you thank you very much okay and so i no i just think it was kind of a fun idea to to constant you know to kind of turn your attention to the 1966 batman please tell me more about his reaction to the film you mean yeah yeah well, yeah, I mean, he was just situating it in its time, you know, and he was saying, like, you know, he was making a case for it in the sense that there's a lot of, I guess, people criticize it uh, from a modern perspective as then that's not my Batman. Hashtag not my Batman. Uh, you know, this Batman is silly and it's not serious and it's not taking comics seriously and it's making fun of comic books and comic books are better than this. You know, haven't you seen, haven't you read Batman Year One? Come on, people. And his point, though, is that this was, this was a you know, matching the tone of its time of, you know, the kind of Mort Schlesinger, uh, you know, Batman and Superman comics of that time period where there was just a lot of goofy fun. It was, you know, a lot of gorillas, a lot of gorillas, a lot of, yeah, pretend British rock groups and other, you know, other things like that. Like, you know, all the things that kids were interested in turned it, you know, became, uh, were, were grist for the, for the, the mill for these characters. Right. And so, you know, and then, the the comics were aimed at you know eleven year old readers they weren't aim they weren't designed to be read by by you know 
you, you know, like sort of like uh, 20 year olds or 30 year olds as they are nowadays. And so, you know, they were written with a certain lightheartedness, a light touch. And so the show, and what was interesting about the show is they, they you know, they're showing like, uh, he was showing with some, with some uh, cuts between the comics and the show where they actually duplicated frame, you know, actual comic book panels in the show oh. where they would do like, you know, the particular angle of that, of that thing with the colors and stuff like that. And the, and the show was, you know, before there was a Dick Tracy, the Warren Beatty movie, which made such a big fuss about being only in primary colors and stuff like that. You know, the Batman show did that itself. It took the idea of what comic, you know, the idea of comic pop, you know, the pop art, pop coloring and stuff like that. And it transfer translated that into onto television and then into this movie. And, you know, he was just showing some clever things that the film did, which was one like whenever they showed like the the villain's lair in the movie, it's always filmed with Dutch angles. The camera's always askew in all those scenes, so it gives it a slightly different feel to those sequences. So everything feels tilted or you know whatever you know. So so it you know so this is normal life, and this is the twisted world of these villains, you know. And yeah, it's just I could see as I say as a kid, I always wanted to see that Batman TV show. It it really like I'd heard a lot about it, and 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 maybe it just was built up in my mind too much. But when I finally did see it, I was maybe a little too old. I was, you know, already creeping into my junior high school days. Right. And when I saw it, I was just kind of like, "Well, silly," but not silly in a way that was interesting. This this it just seemed dumb to me, you know. I wonder, you know, because I know there's people who felt a similar way about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, oh, I wish it was taken more seriously. And, and you want to say like, oh, have you ever seen uh, uh, Green Hornet? Because Green Hornet is the same show, yeah, basically, yeah, uh, but with better same, fighting. Well, yeah, one better fighting. Uh, it's got a kick-ass theme song. Uh, Batman, Batman has a kick-ass theme song. It does, but uh, both. It's also got a kick-ass theme song. It's got a kick-ass car, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, as you say, better fights. It's it's taken more seriously. And if that's what you want, there you go. That is your version of Batman that's more serious. And yet, is it as popular? Nope. Well, do you know why? Because it, it, that show is really boring, too. <laughs> so. Well, that's the thing. You <laughs> it know, is too serious. You, what right. you want, what you want. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You made a, a show with Bruce Lee boring. Like, wow. <laughs> that's not, whoops. Yeah, yeah. What did no, we I did see, again, I remember the first episode I saw of, uh, of Green Hornet. Uh, and I, I forget the, the, the type of big cat it was. Let's say it's a leopard. But it's, uh, it's the guy who's the Green Hornet. And his, uh, you know, identity as the editor of a newspaper, mm-hmm. which I love that the idea, the idea behind him is he is his own J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah, like he's wearing yeah. editorials against the Green Hornet yeah, and he's pretending to be a villain. It was just like so that on the great, radio show as well. Yeah, that's such a great angle. It's just like, oh, he's pretending to be a bad guy. That's also great. But anyway, so he's working in the newspaper at, late at night. It's just him alone. And then the elevator door opens and uh, like a, a jaguar comes out. And just and the, a bad guy just sent a jaguar up there to kill him. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's a that's a good start to a show. Yeah, I'm I'm in. Yeah, and where's this going to go to? I don't know. About two Bruce Lee fights will be in this, and you know, the the car will do some stuff, and it's like everything that technically should be interesting, and yet that's eh, not it's it's not super interesting, <laughs> even though it should be. Mm-hmm. There's nothing here that's not interesting, and on paper is great. But like no, yeah, that's too bad. Well, this this guy's um they the guy who did it, his name is Patrick Willems. Um, people can find it on online. If you, I'm sure if you just typed in 
you know, what's so great about Batman or whatever, 1966 Batman, <laughs> you'll find it. But I can't imagine there's very many. But, you know, he does. He makes a good argument for, like, Adam West's portrayal of Batman. You know, just saying, like, he knew not to, he knew to, to play that role straight, you yeah. know? And that's that's what makes it great, you know, is that he acts as a sort of center to all this madness around him. And he plays it absolutely spot on in terms of tone. Which I thought was a was a good point, you know. Like, you know, I I, I can admire the film aesthetically. I can I, or I can admire the show. You know, I can admire it. I can understand why people like it. I can see it's what's good about it. But it's just not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah, it would be interesting to watch it in a theater with people and see if. Oh man, that yeah. would. You're right, though. That would be a lot better. I think I watched it on like a Saturday afternoon. Just because I was bored and and I didn't even see the beginning of it, I started watching partway through because I I remember the, the I started watching it around the shark sequence and so probably I didn't really understand what was going on as well as I could have and so there's you know there's probably a few things that are like you know kind of a, a built-in sort of unfortunate bias you know to make the film not not as entertaining as it could have been and maybe I don't know I was gonna say maybe if I'd seen the show but not necessarily because they changed the they changed the the Catwoman from the show. Yeah, there was like three different Catwomen, and yeah. Yeah, Lee Meredith, Julie Newmar, who's my personal favorite, and then uh, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt, who's also very good. Mm-hmm. But I really like Julie Newmar. Yeah. Oh, wow. who doesn't like Julie Newmar? Oh my god. <laughs> well, she was on the Monkeys, so you know. Uh, there, her, there you go. That puts her in my, uh, my good books. Yeah. Excellent. No, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's camp, and you either buy it or you don't. Uh, it, it had some okay jokes, but it wasn't. It wasn't as funny for funny's sake as, say, Get Smart, mm-hmm. where Get Smart, you know, had you know Mel Brooks and Buck Henry, yes. you know, behind it. So, yeah. you know, some real some real power hitters there. But I know some people didn't like Get Smart because, like, oh, this is insulting to, you know, shows. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, that's weird because I really like Get Smart. So of course that seems strange. But it's a bet again. Get Smart is a better done version. Again, I am a fan. I do like Batman. But, you know, if you were to put it on, would I watch it? Probably not. Yeah. I probably yeah. wouldn't watch the TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've got good feelings about it. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it was fine for what it was. It's better than Justice League of America, <laughs> the thing that I'm talking about from 1997. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, I you know, it's one of those things where you, you're watching it and you're like, wow, there's a lot of intention in this show. Like, there's a lot of, like, good decision making. They're not just, ra- like, hoping for random success or just hoping that the brand sells it. They've really, mm-hmm. like, thought thought about what they're doing. They have, like, you know, they've designed it in a certain way. They've, you know, they've they've created, like, the sense of color and how the villains are going to look and the use of the sound effects and the, the music for it. Everything is all done to better the product you know and i think that's really admirable and of its time that kind of like craftsmanship but uh you know intellectually i can understand it's it's um it's value or it it, you know i just i i think you know i was too busy watching the monkeys i guess that's that's what that's what took me away from from batman it was wasn't available it just wasn't available it wasn't until um my my grandma gifted us her old converter box when we were teenagers that we could finally like take the television into the outer reaches of, of the, of what was available through, through cable, you know? So you had to like push a button it was, you couldn't like push a, you couldn't like push a number on the, the keypad. You just had to like go upwards with an arrow and then go downwards with the same, with another arrow. But you know, so I just, one day I just went, well, I wonder what's up there. So I just started like clicking up to yeah. see what I found. And then I stumbled upon 
uh, what was then KCPQ Channel 28, and that's where I first saw Batman because it, they played it there. And so then I was like, oh, I've always wanted to see the show. Although I think I'd seen the movie before that, and I didn't. But I was I still had this idea that the the show would be like great or whatever, and <laughs> it wasn't. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing like a stumble upon thing. Sure. So, yeah. Something you've stumbled upon, and like, mm-hmm. what's this about? Yeah. And it's best if you see it alone, so you don't have to justify it to anybody. Like, we're watching. I don't know this thing. Do you like it? I don't know. Yeah, I just watch I it. Need, I need some time to look at it. It's weird and new, and I need to absorb it. Yeah. And I need to be alone. Go away. Go away. Go away. Go away. Let me watch this weird thing. Harder I like to do. It. Harder to do nowadays, I, I guess. Yeah. But but as a kid, like yeah, something upon the invaders or or just kind of like like that channel that played play Batman. It also played Time Tunnel. And okay. It, and it played Land of the Giants, which none of those shows are great, but you know. <laughs> nope. They're like interesting concepts when you know, so you're kind of like, oh, well, that sounds interesting, and then you watch it, and you're like, well, too bad. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say bad. a bunch of that's Irwin Allen. Yeah, Irwin Allen was definitely Land of the Giants. I'm not too sure about Time Tunnel. I think he might have been involved with that as well. Yeah, no, that uh, that does make sense. A weird thing, like you know, I stumble upon stuff like on YouTube, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. you'll do things you see out the side and go like, oh, that. Oh, what's that about? Mm-hmm. Oh, Irwin Allen. Yes, Time Tunnel. He created. Um, and, but the but the problem that you have with that is you click it on you can see immediately you know uh, three thousand likes and uh, you know uh, <laughs> seventy thousand dislikes I'm like oh well this is bad I can tell because the, it immediately rates it for me before I watch it yeah and so you don't get that random thing of like what's this nonsense hmm, I don't I don't think I've ever looked at that to be honest with you oh it's it's there so yeah no it hard. is there I I know you're right but it's I... hard not to see a number that's like directly there. <laughs> right I just, That's me. I guess because I'm looking on my phone or my tablet, I'm not. Maybe maybe you don't have to deal with ratings as much as I have in the past. So <laughs> it's something I immediately go, hmm. There you go. That's probably it exactly. How many people watch this video? Really? Is that all? Oh, really? Is that much? Okay. I'm more like, oh. Justice League is a pile of crap. Well, this sounds interesting. Let's see here. Yeah. 57 things you didn't know about Wonder Woman. Okay, how about, what, what are those things? <laughs> Did you know she could fly with her golden lasso? Oh, my gosh. Turn this off. <laughs> yeah why does she need a plane when she can like uh just wrap it around she, a lightning bolt she just learned she just learned well she just learned in uh yeah i guess she just learned. i don't know <laughs> oh here's the thing she's uh learned. you're talking about uh eternals right? yeah Earlier. yeah okay. which is so, directed by chloe Zhao, who has so far directed three very low budget very intimate uh very much mm, Nomadland more than the writer, I think, but but the writer also has elements of you know class and you know sort of where where is America wither America question mark sort of uh, things. So now she's doing the Eternals. I don't know. Maybe she can bring the wither America question mark aesthetic to to the Eternals. I, I have no idea. I'm I'm cu- I would like I would really like it if she had like you know some amateur actors still still doing stuff in the movie. That'd be pretty cool, but. I have a feeling that I have a feeling that uh, the MCU isn't quite isn't ready for that. Yeah, it's like um, I would actually really like to see now uh, Francis McDormand's character in the Marvel Universe just wandering <laughs> through different uh, you know yeah, s- yeah. situations yeah. that are that the, the other movies are dealing with, and her just like, no, oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> I got to deal with this. Like, yeah. who's, oh, there's a God War. She oh, yeah, she yeah. just got a job at like a diner. 
you know, it makes, then, make a bit of extra money. And then, yeah, like a rock comes flying down and it takes out half of the gas station. Yeah, a sky, yeah. sky beam appears again. <laughs> and it's just like, look, I need, I need work. No. It's like, we got a sky beam. Yeah. Everyone's losing their jobs in the town because of the sky beam. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to shit in a bucket no more. <laughs> oh, no, your bucket turned into a boom tube. <laughs> oh, no. Boom. There it goes. You, you've been driving around in a mother box the whole time. Great. What? This has been a mother. Yeah, you've got a destiny. I don't want to hear about my destiny. <laughs> Not. I don't care about my destiny. Huh. Now, yeah. now the Eternals are they are they like a sub sub inhuman sort of situation? Well, now I'm uh, I'm I'm glad you asked this. <laughs> okay, this didn't open a floodgate, gate, did I? If you uh, if you remember now again, I'm just giving you the comic book. Yeah, that's all I want. You want the comic book version? Yeah, I don't. The other versions aren't real. Sounds great. Okay, there was a group. There was a group of uh, incredible big aliens called the Celestials. You might know one of them as a floating head in Guardians of the Galaxy, and they, they got a whole city in that thing's skull. Oh, so it died, and they built us in the Celestial. Yeah, they hollowed it out, and they were using its brain fluid and all its bits yeah. uh, to run the city. Anyway, where where did things- its body go? Well, this is an excellent question. Probably got harvested by... Uh, oh, different. Uh, different listen, my different feeling scans. is it got decapitated by something. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, whatever happened to the body, they went, hey, we can use the head and the brain fluid and every part of the, you know, uh, celestial. And there you go. Um, and huh. also you see a scene uh, with a celestial, this giant red alien who's using one of the Infinity Stones to wipe out a planet at one point. Anyway, so in the comics... In uh, Guardians so, of the Galaxy or in like... Yes, in, in Guardians of the Galaxy... Uh, when when um, the collector is is uh, explaining how the Infinity Stones work, uh, uh. you see you see a scene of a giant red alien who's a giant giant on a planet, and he destroys a planet, and letting you know what could happen if Ronan ah if he gets the same thing, then he'll be destroying planets too. So no good. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was also okay. Celestial. Gotcha. All right, so they're big guys. So they show up to Earth. And they go, we're going to make some life. So they make life and they make us humans, but they also make two offshoots. One, uh, the Eternals, which are these godlike beings. Okay. And two, the, and the third one, the Deviants, who are kind of <laughs> subhuman. Uh, blah, blah, okay. we, uh, yeah, yeah. we make holes in teeth. Those guys. So, <laughs> so yeah. the Eternals enslave the, the Deviants, not the best thing, uh, to run things for them. And uh, humans see the Eternals and and basically the the gods that we know of, uh, like the Greek so gods, is this are, sort of like an Eloy Morlock kind of situation, or is that? Yeah, it's very oh. much Morlocky. Yeah. Okay. So you've got uh, say so so say there's like a, an Eternal called Macari, who's like Mercury. He's super speed, but it's all cosmic and shit. So so what you've got, it, you know, and Angelina Jolie in the movie is playing Athena, who's like Athena. So, so, so. Um, So they're, yeah, they're like gods, much like Thor, but they're, you know, on Earth and uh, and they enslave the deviants. And apparently we're supposed to be, that's good. I don't know why, but that was the thing. (laughs) They were created by Jack Kirby. I was going to ask that. So it was another kick at the new gods. Sure, that's what it sounded like. I was going to ask that if it was like kind of related to new gods. And so it has that Kirby incoherent element to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad shit. It's yeah. bad shit. No, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and they're all crazy and, sh- and so shit too. So I, oh, wow. Well, that's interesting because that seems like a real uh, challenge to try to kind of wrangle this this uh, 
you know, batshit crazy concept into something that's coherent as a movie, like has an actual like. Well, it's weird structure. in that. Yeah, it's weird in that. Uh, you know, uh, we've already got Thor and Asgard, and we have you know beings that humans thought, oh, those are gods, and yeah. that's where the Greek gods came from. Yeah. Um, but in the new uh, God and uh, God and Gods and Thunder. Uh, Taika Waititi movie that's coming up. Yeah. They just cast Russell Crowe as Zeus, so we're gonna have Zeus okay. in the Marvel universe. But the thing is, the Eternals have a version of Zeus as well. You know, they've got their sci-fi Zeus. So I don't know. Uh, that's just odd to me that they're gonna. There's a lot of gods, is what I'm saying. <laughs> in this, uh, in this yeah, if you don't like right. if you don't like magic in in superhero movies, you're really not gonna enjoy this uh, this new, yeah, new twist. Yeah, you know, I mean, you'll I mean, still be like, able... there already is like Hercules in in the Marvel universe, though, isn't there? So so Zeus. Well, the prop... Zeus well, does not they... make any. Doesn't make it. It's not like Zeus is like dumb in that context. Yeah, I mean, I think where it's gonna get weird with that is you know, I mean, Disney already has a version of Hercules that they are marketing. You know, on the regular, and I think they're making yeah. a live-action version of Hercules as well. Of at course, some point. of course, they are because they got us. So uh, it'd be weird for them to dip into the Hercules well yet again. Well, maybe Disney Disney has to keep making uh, live-action movies, other animated stuff. Otherwise, their souls will return to their bodies. So <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, have, it's like a deal they've made. Yeah, that's uh, that's ex- that's exactly right. I think that was the plot of the Princess and the Frog. <laughs> And here's a song about it. When well, I think the princess and the frog—they want the soul to return to the body. Yeah, that's true. This is the opposite of that. This is sort of forego it. That was that was a movie that was fine. There was a movie that if it had come out many, 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 many years ago, you'd go, "That was great." But you know, now it's like that was fine. That was just that's fine. I didn't see it. I know it's it fine. enough. I know I knew it enough that I did a title card of it. Yeah, and you know what? You've too. got it available probably on your TV. So, you know, you can see it anytime you feel like it, so you don't have to. But you can I if could. you want to, but you don't have to. But it's okay. It's fine. It's just fine. I'm under no obligation. Yeah. And, you know, you, listen, you can watch anything anytime. You're, you're going to spend a lot of time watching this Justice League of America movie. That's it. So. <laughs> should, I, should I watch the, the, the uh, Snyder Cut first? Will that give me more uh-huh. context to the, the 1998 one? Well, you know, again, like how much time do you want to kill? Do you want to do you want to be like four hours closer to death? Apparently, all of it. Yeah, you know, do what you do. Life, you do life. You know, play both at the same time. That's a good idea. You know, one is probably really talky, and one has no dialogue at all. <laughs> so, to go for it. Hmm. One probably has some color in it. The other one has no color at all. Yeah, that's that's right. One cyborg is the heart of the movie, according to Cyborg. Um, <laughs> according to himself, he's the heart of the movie. Yeah, according to that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I know there's problems, but oh my, don't even try to go with it. Cyborg was the heart of the justice. <laughs> in what in what blessed world? <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, everybody! What are you doing? I'm going to go see Justice League. Oh, the third uh, in the Superman trilogy. Yeah. So in the first film, Superman uh, uh, yeah, learns about his powers and everything, and it just uh, uh, that's that's great. Yeah. But then you know he has a big moral conflict and has to kill a guy. Like, oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. And there was some consequences to the battle. Oh my gosh! Do they deal with those? Yeah. The second movie. 
Uh, Batman confronts him on that and wants to kill him. Oh, geez, Batman wants to kill him. Yeah, yeah, because uh, of this whole thing. And so big confrontation there. They fight, they fight, they fight. And then at the end, they, they team up with Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh, Wonder Woman's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wonder Woman's around. They have a big fight, and then Superman dies. Oh, my God, Superman dies. Yeah, and when Batman's feeling incredibly guilty about, like, trying to kill Superman and feels like he has to make amends for this. Oh, I bet he does. Holy shit. Yeah, so he's working with Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, what's the third film? The Story of Cyborg. <laughs> Who? You know. For Teen Titans. Titans. Teen Titans. Don't you, don't you remember? Why is, he in the, why is he in the fucking Justice League? <laughs> oh, oh, you want to know why he's in the Justice League? Yeah, why is he in the Justice League? Oh, okay. Because the age that the people making this are, when they were kids, there was a show called Super Friends. And on Super Friends, they tried, uh, they, they, they had, the first couple of seasons had no black characters, you know, because, you know, America, you know, and that's how it is. And then they went like, oh, we got to, we got to have someone. How about uh, Black Lightning? He's a popular character in the DC universe. Great. But let's not pay the person who made him. So we're going to call him Black Vulcan instead. Oh, that seems like a dick move. Yeah, it's a dick move. But anyway, we don't have to pay him, so we'll call him Black Vulcan. Oh, yeah. Black Vulcan didn't really take off. Oh, yeah, man, I guess he's lame. Yeah, he's lame. He's nothing. He's nothing. You didn't use anything interesting from from Black Lightning at all. You just ripped off his powers and they gave a guy no nothing below the waist. Literally, you got rid of everything below his waist and turned him into a lightning bolt. Okay. So who else do we have who's like an African-American or back then Black character uh can, cyborg can i just can i just yeah. interject that i just love that complete like making a black man um impotent that's really nice great yeah. great work guys yeah good job all the way around good good, good great you didn't see your own Listen, metaphor every one of those nice uh characters that you've come up with was the hugest stereotype you could you could possibly do ridiculously so it was amazing that the Asian character didn't carry a gong with him. So, <laughs> holy mother of God. So they went like, well, what, who we got who's a black character? Uh, Cy Cyborg. Oh, who's he? He's with the Teen Titans. Okay, so he doesn't fit in the, this team. Yeah, 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 it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. And they fight, uh, who they fight? Uh, I don't know, who's the biggest villain we got? Well, we can't really use Batman's villains. It really work. Uh, all right, how about Darkseid? I guess. Should we use the rest of the new gods? Nah, a little bit, maybe. Oh, yeah, dark side. <laughs> so, okay. So, it's Cy yeah. so the Super Friends were Cyborg and the Super Friends. Yeah. No idea how those guys got together, but they got together and he's part of the team now. And they fight Dark Side every week. And he just shows up <laughs> and, uh, you know, causes some stuff and then goes, Oh, you got me again, Super Friends. <laughs> boom. And then he boom tubes out. And so. When a Zack Snyder wants to make your Justice League movie, yeah. his version is Super Friends uh, with Cyborg yeah. as part of the uh, of the team yeah. uh, fighting Darkseid every week. So that's why that's what this movie is. That's why you don't have like a lot of backstory about the new gods or anything like that. Really, it's just yeah, just it was. It's a it's a a version of the cartoon Saturday morning cartoon where everyone where people can say fuck. <sighs> I hate it even more. Eh, you know, some people like it, it's fine. So so there, but it is not the story of Cyborg any more than, you know, when you make he's, Avengers and go like... the heart of the movie. Hawkeye's the heart of the movie. Hawkeye's the heart of the Avengers. That's who we're going to focus on in the first Avengers movie. I know, we like uh, Thor. We like Iron Man. 
We like your Captain America. But we're going to put the focus on on Hawkeye, this new guy who we don't know. There you go. They did focus a little bit on Black Widow. I'll give you, I'll give you that. But, you know, they had Scarlett Johansson. So, of course, don't be dumb. You're going to do that. Sure. No, sir. Yeah. Uh, that said, uh, everyone uh, treat people decently when you're shooting things. Okay, let's say that. Don't be don't be jerks. Yeah. But also, don't listen to actors too much for notes. That's also a dangerous way to go. <laughs> That's true. When yeah. Start, when they start telling you that the heart of the movie just yeah. When they believe, I yeah. mean, every look, every actor. Yeah, Ray. Whatever heart. you say. This is here's the here's the fucking problem. Like to me, in a nutshell, with that is like there's things you tell actors, right? And like at some point, someone took him aside and said to him, "Man." You're the heart of this movie. And he went, I am? He went, you are. Of course you are. And, and that's just something you tell an actor. But they're not. And you don't say it out loud. And you don't say it in a freaking press. You know? Because of course you're not. Of course you're not. It's the third part of the Superman trilogy. And you've got Batman in this. And you've got Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman had a hit movie. No, it's not the story of, of you. And it's not the story of the Flash. It's not. Yes, Ezra, Ezra Miller didn't go on about this. No, 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 he didn't. I think he was having his own problems at the time. But it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing. Is that and true? People, Is that true? Uh, I think there were, I think there were some Ezra Miller problems that were floating around around then. Boy, like, he has a there, boy he has a weird role in the stand. In that there was movie. a video where he was choking a guy. Right? Was it like a jokey video? There was a jokey video. Am I am I remembering this right? I think it was a jokey choking video. It was a jokey choke. Jokey jokey. So they call All it on right. YouTube now. That popular meme of like people strangling each other just for laughs. Jokey, jokey. It's all, it's all over TikTok. Here's the one nice thing about the pandemic, and I'll give you this. I feel that it's probably gotten rid of just for laughs gags. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what? Yeah. A TV show that can be sold anywhere in the world because it has no speaking in it. I don't think you can kill that easily. I think that thing. Yeah, is you know what else you can, can you can take anywhere in the world is a deadly virus, but you shouldn't be selling. <laughs> that show can travel, man. That show can be anywhere. You could like land. You could land in like the Czech Republic, you know, and you go to your hotel and it's three in the morning and you're like you've been up on the plane because you couldn't sleep and your mouth feels like a dead rat died in it, or not a dead rat, but an actual rat died in it. And then you turn on the TV and then. There it is, just for laughs. You're like, well, I might as well watch this. It's the only thing I can watch. Plays wherever, you know. This. I'll watch. Oh, look, there's that person trying to help someone, and they're making fun of him for it. Great. What a lesson. Yeah. What a life lesson. Hey, there's someone dressed dressed up as a police officer and is pulling someone over who isn't a police officer. Like, how how, how can you do that? You can't do that. <laughs> what if there were three problems? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> It's a very yeah. It seems a little dangerous. I guess you can only do that in Canada. Canadians, and, and there we go. <laughs> um, a friend, not a friend. I'm not. I'm not gonna say a friend. Sorry, not a friend. An acquaintance, someone yeah. that I, someone that I know. Boy, I would hate if this turns out to be me. It would be a very bad way to break this to me. That I'm not your friend. <laughs> you are my friend. You're my okay, very good, very good friend. All right, very good. So don't don't worry. This is not about you. This is about okay. someone else. Uh, it would be weird to tell you a story about something you did to you on the show and not okay. pretend that it wasn't you. <laughs> and, anyway. and then I have to pick up the subtle hint as it goes along. <laughs> no, no. This is uh, yesterday. Uh, this person was telling me, he's, he's all like, oh, this was the, 
the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, what, what was that? He goes, oh, just this guy got, he got such revenge on his like cheating wife. It was like so great. And I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, yeah. So he starts telling me this story. And I guess he was listening to a podcast. I'm not sure what this podcast is. In my mind, the podcast is called Revenge with an exclamation mark. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it's called. Uh -huh. But I like the idea that it's called that, you know, like block letters that are kind of like 3D, you know, and it's revenge, yeah. exclamation mark. But anyway, so he's like, so this guy, he's a chemist. All right. He's a chemist. And he discovers that his wife oh, and or girlfriend, not and or, or girlfriend, I'm not certain, she, wife or girlfriend, is, is cheating on him. All right. Now, she's, a, she's, I guess, a nursing student, and she's going to school, and she has begun sleeping with her, one of her profs. Okay, so she's, uh, she's, she wants a career helping people and saving lives. Sounds like a good person. Okay, go ahead. You'd think so, but she's cheating. Yeah, she's, she's, she's helping, cheating on helping this, on this yeah, chemist. Yeah. A lot of stress. Now, yeah, he's a chemist. Okay, right, yeah. Now, of course, and, yet, and yet there's not a lot of chemistry between them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want you to understand that this person is telling me this story. As it, as it is a gospel truth. Yeah. Why would he lie? Why would, not, the, not just why would he lie? Why would they lie to him? Exactly. About why this happening? Why would this? anyone embellish his story? Now, it's important to understand that this chemist and his wife or girlfriend make homemade lube. As you do, because everyone knows it's one of the most expensive things you can buy. Yeah. And it's much cheaper, and you're a chemist, Yeah. to make it at home. Sure, sure. And you know what? It's just something you can do. With friends, sure, you have friends on over. the weekend. You just yeah. have everything in the backyard. Everyone has a good time. Yeah, it's the first I mean, thing. You make some taffy off to the side. You're right. So many times people have said to me, "Hey, Dave, would you mind coming over? We're gonna have a loop party." And I'm like, "I'm there. I'm with you." <laughs> I didn't say I'm with you, slick. Somebody's <laughs> like, so, so, uh, so this man, this chemist, somehow discovers that his girlfriend and/or wife are, is having an affair with the professor. Yes. So he. Uh, also learns that this professor is really cheap and he is also using their homemade lube with this guy's wife or girlfriend. Oh, that's not, so that's not cool. It's not cool at all. <laughs> they're, they're making now, their listen, own, their private was, stash. If he was, if he was, you know, cheating, well, he's not cheating. She's yeah. cheating. Yeah. Yeah. With, but, but they were going to the store and they were spending the, you know, uh, five ninety nine yeah. on the Astro Glide. Then, then, you know <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No harm, no foul. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that they called it OK Jelly, but uh, it's just a theory. So yeah, then... maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's my other thing. It's like, yeah. but, 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 okay. You know, on the positive side. Sure. You know that, like, she's not just using it to make him feel good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's in like, oh, I'll use your lube. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't want to. I'd rather use the quality lube that sure, I get sure. from you know, my local uh, store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But if she's using it with this other fella, yeah, clearly, clearly, she knows that this is a, a high quality product. It's a high quality loop. Uh, she cares yeah. about this person. They yeah. want to enjoy themselves. Yeah. So you know what that speaks. Listen, whatever happens with this, yeah, this is a good endorsement for the product. <laughs> it's really good, actually. Right. So yeah. So this chemist, he spikes the the lube with poison ivy, as you do. As everyone does, have poison ivy around their house that they will add to lube. Right. There's no ethical dilemma with that at all. Of course, he's a chemist. Of course, he has poison ivy extract in his lab. Now, here's a, here's another thing too. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I, I I'm 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 a fellow who's been married for a number of years and uh, I've dated ladies, and sometimes <laughs> we have a made love. Okay. Um, 
And uh, while it does not always happen, sure. occasionally there might be a situation where if you were using said, I don't know, lube, um, some, some of that might accidentally uh, get in your mouth. Perhaps it's not intentional. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're saying now this person has taken this, uh, lube. this liquid, a yep. lube, yep. And, uh, and, and poisoned it. Added some, yeah. They've spiked it with some, with some uh, poison. Poison. Ivy. Poison. Ivy, poison. Yes. Yeah. Poison yeah. ivy. That's poison. Yeah. Okay. So if it got in his mouth, he'd die. Sure. Now, I, I also want to point out that as, as I was being told this, the person telling me was telling me with a great deal of glee. Excellent. Right. Okay. He was, Let's continue with your story. No one could be more excited at the concept of this whole story than this person. Uh, excellent. Okay. Please, please go on. So the chemist also took his girlfriend's phone and he changed the contact information for the professor. Wow, this is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Well, you know, you see, the, me, it's, it's like, this I, amount I, of work that makes it believable. It's what gives the story believability. Is that now, in no way is the truth feel like it's been stretched at all at any time, at any point during the story. I think. Now, I am not. A, I am not a fan of uh, revenge. But if I was to say, yeah, revenge. Listen to a podcast called Revenge. Right. I mark. would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since he knows enough about like when they're dating and where they're going and what have you, yeah. I would say to me, mm-hmm. I would take some of the loot because I get it at a discount clearly because I make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would then fill a balloon with it, and next time I see them, I throw the balloon at them. <laughs> there you go. There's your jelly. That's right. Happy lube day. <laughs> and I, said, I wish you all the best, and then I'd run away. But that's just me. Uh, no. All right, please continue. Uh, I hope they called it the Y uh, Jelly Baby. But anyway, (laughs) so uh, he's changed he's changed the contact information for for this professor on 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 his on his girlfriend or wife's phone. Okay. And so when she is texting or texting to the professor, she is actually texting to her husband or boyfriend, the chemist. Yeah. Pretty clever, right? Very complicatedly clever. Yeah. In the guise of the professor. He informs his wife or girlfriend that he, being the professor, not the chemist, has discovered that he has herpes, and he has transmitted the herpes possibly to this his mistress, his girlfriend. Huh? And so, of course, she now knows why she's got this itching around her, you know, area. It's not really how that works, but okay, go ahead. But you know, the poison ivy—it's completely believable. Okay, all right. Don't forget that. Don't forget that key point. I think you're. I don't think I don't think you understand how much veracity there already is in the story and how real it feels. Right. She ha- and she and she does not have access to the internet where she can Google herpes and see <laughs> what it actually does. And also, she has not already Googled, gone to you know Health MD or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Discovered she has. Anyone would. Yeah, and then you discover that she has vaginal cancer. So yeah. Yes, of then... course you do. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so she goes to this. Uh, she goes to this school confronts this professor in class about what about the fact that he gave her herpes why why she that makes no sense why would because like, this is how, clearly don't you understand sex? that this is how women act okay so you're saying to me sorry yeah go. so this professor sure um uh, teaching lied a class to, lied to teaching class yeah but like when they were romancing yeah uh a gentleman i'm assuming 50s probably i, I don't 40, know 40s, I, 50s? sure sure Let's go forties. Forties, uh, if at best. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. She thinks this gentleman's a virgin <laughs> because she's clearly having unprotected sex. With yeah, her. yeah, yeah. Like, 
yeah. that's how that goes, right? So, so she thought well, that how she shot she, the How is she, she going to enjoy your lube? Right. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to to his uh, school. School. Yeah. She confronts the professor in, in the class. Right. Uh, humiliates him, of course. How so? Like because now like, he, everyone uh, knows. Uh, everyone uh, knows that he has herpes. Well, that's very common. Uh, oh well, listen. Uh, you know, it's really not very shameful. And then, and then someone raises their hand and go like, "And was this a consensual relationship?" <laughs> and you go, "Yeah." And you both didn't use protection. That's correct. Oh, well, how do you know you didn't give it to him? <laughs> and then that's right. Boom. Yeah, especially when they're nursing students. But anyway, yeah. So uh, the professor gets fired from his job. Okay. And I, I don't really know. What, 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 what did he get fired for giving herpes? For having uh, an affair with a student. Oh, well, yeah, that's fair. Fuck that guy. He should get fired. All right, that's fine. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Don't come in and go, you gave me herpes. Come on and say, like, we've been sleeping together. That's the thing. Oh, well, case closed. Done. All right, that's fine. That's enough. I, the story, it sounded like she's an adult, though, not like a kid. Like, not like a, you know, but still, I guess it's still a yeah, teacher-student teacher relationship. It still yeah. seems, yeah, it seems immor- yeah, unethical. Yeah, you're grading them, you're, uh, you're affecting their career. Yeah, yeah, no, it's illegal. I think it's not illegal, but it's it's unethical. Okay, so, and she is, and we are going with she is an adult. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a married woman. She's not just like a she's married to a chemist. They have obviously have like a boom, a thriving oh, company. Well, she's married to a chemist. Then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah, yeah. She's married to a chemist. Old. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And they have a thri- thriving company selling their lube, Jelly Belly, to people. And, and they sell uh, poison ivy on the side. <laughs> and poison ivy extract, which of course is well known for its medicinal purposes. But to me, the the you know, so uh, someone else who was overhearing this uh, had to like, you know, after the, I was told that the professor died, the teller of the story went, did a little laugh, kind of like a <laughs> laugh like that, you know, like he got what he deserved. And, uh, and then this person telling me this, that they were overhearing this went, and then there was like the longest pause from you. And then you went, huh? <laughs> that was, that was my entire reaction to the story. Because my reaction was several reactions at once. One was, huh? It's interesting. It's interesting that you believe that story. That you are such a naive man, baby. That that story had any ring of truth to it at all. Was when you told it to me, it clearly was a fabrication and of just ridiculously un- unreal and could never happen. First, that's my first my first thought. My right. second thought is how sad that you are a married man, <laughs> and this is what you spend your time listening to are stories about revenge on someone on a cheating wife. Like that is your that is where you live. That is that is sad. That is a sad thing to me. My third thought is that your idea of life is that it's important to get revenge on people for for past wrongs. Yeah. And you carry around this this dream of revenge. But because you're a insecure, ineffective man baby, those dreams will never come to fruition. So all you have are just a a careful set of nursed grudges. And knowing this person and and knowing their life they just proved to me my axiom, which is that anyone who holds grudges is never happy. Or and or and also they always seem to be stuck in their life somewhere, you know? Because their life is about their grudges, you know, and they can't get past that. It's kinda like I remember listening to this professor, it was I think he's like taught at Berkeley or something like that, and he said an interesting thing. He said, When Europe stopped believing in witches, they turned to science because they had to find explanations that weren't otherworldly they needed to make real world solutions and i thought that's a really important thing that's a good that's a really important step in your life when you stop having uh, scapegoats 
you have to improve your life because you have no one to blame but yourself for where you are in your life. And you need to look at that and make corrections if you can. Yeah. And this person has a book full of people who have wronged him. You know, the profess the the teacher who told him not to get into com- not to get into computer animation, the company that fired him from his job, the the last boss that he had who ripped him off uh, of his pension and like wasn't actually you know wasn't paying into all the stuff he was supposed to get, the 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 uh, company that that uh, started farming out uh, parts of the the factory work to to Mexican workers, you know, just you know every one of those things he doesn't the, or the last boss that we had at the work that I work at who was like a kind of a bully and a meanie. And, you know, and this guy let himself get run over all the time because he's an ineffective man baby and didn't know how to like deal with this situation, you know, in a a way that wasn't just sucking up to your boss, even though that boss in no way reciprocated the sucking up or rewarded in any way, you still sucked up to him and you created your own bed and you lay in that bed and now you're mad at that person and you have dreams of, of revenge, exclamation mark, but that will never happen. You know, you'll only talk about it to people, even total strangers. You'll talk about this person, yeah. you know, but your life can never get better because you've never made a mistake. You've never made a bad choice. Everyone else made bad choices for you and to you and you got screwed, but you never have to face those mistakes because everyone else made the mistakes around you or made, you know, screwed you over and hurt you and did bad things to you, you know? It's a really weird way to to live, and I, something that I don't really understand because it's not a a way I can think in that way. You know, I don't have that I don't have that kind of uh, outlook on life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just really it made me kind of sad listening to this story actually because I just just felt like oh my god, if you want to sum up a person like, like I know you know knowing this person, if you want to sum up their life, they just summed it up for you just in a story like that, you know? Yeah, there's all these videos that are on Facebook that uh, I block. That are there's a lot of revenge videos. Okay, I don't like, don't see those and, things. But... And a common a common uh, one of them is uh, he was off in the military and his wife was cheating on him. She oh. thinks she's getting a big surprise, but she's really getting divorce papers. So uh, she's in a blindfold and uh, she's holding up a sign, and the sign says, "I cheated on my husband." Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. she thinks she's getting a nice surprise, but it's really the worst picture. And, and you want to just go, okay, first of all, these are all so, so badly put together uh, <laughs> that, you know, it, it, it couldn't yeah. be faker, of course. Yeah, of course. course, yeah, yeah, this is fake. Um, but then you also want to go, if I did believe this, I'd think like, well, uh, you're a psychopath that just came back from the military. <laughs> and really, it is in her best interest to get the fuck away from you. Because you're nuts. You're nuts. Yeah. Like, you know, if she, worse comes to worse, you just want to go just like, oh, she must have been terribly lonely while you were gone. And you can either yeah. forgive her or not. Yeah, it's uh, up to you. You yeah. one of these two things. Or, you know, but, you know, trying to humiliate her in public. Well, you would have done this later anyway because you're this person. So uh, this yeah. makes you look shit. Well, that's exactly yeah. it. I mean, that's the, the the narcissist, right? The person, the only person her act is affecting is is him. I mean, it is you know? it is it is basically a sitcom. It's a movie. It's a thing. It's <laughs> like this person's the cheater, and then at the end they get caught, and then that's the end of that. It's it's like they they played that kind of thing. Over, I think sitcoms do a lot of da- damage to people, like a lot of damage to people, and in in this way, it's like. You would have a person who was clearly like the villain, right? Like yeah. the, there's a person who's the villain who was just introduced in that episode, yeah. and that and that person was either cheating on somebody 
or they were uh, racist. Okay. Let's say they're racist as well, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so, and so by the end, they get confronted on their racism and or cheating, and they end up with like some punch on their head. You know, there's something they fall into a thing of uh, the pool or something. They get somehow physically humiliated because you know we got to do something. Physical no, you're right. You're right. To them. And uh, and they slip into some pudding, and then it's just like you know uh, the the good person in our show, who by the way has done a lot of bad stuff in this show, if we remember correctly. But let's forget about that. Uh, they they the good person in the show uh, says a snappy comeback to them, and then they're humiliated and fuck them forever, and that's the end of them, and we never see them again. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where you just go like, okay, so you learn don't be a racist. And don't cheat, and don't uh, don't have flaws, and whatever. But you never get a situation where, like, if, if, if that's if that's what the situation is, then you can never be that person who's cheating, and you can never be that person who's a racist. Because if you're the person who's a racist or a cheater, you don't get to come back next week. You're done. That's the end of you. You know, uh, and and instead, you know, it, you could have had something where it's just like they learn the mistake, they see the flaw, they try to get better. And they can kind of come back into the into the circle over time or some such. You know, there's no redemption. There's no path to redemption. There's no path to improvement. You're either good or you're bad. It's it's like that. And 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 that to me is like one of those things where like no one can ever admit to being a racist because if you admit to being a racist, you're the other, and then you're done, and then it's over. But like clearly, almost everybody is to some degree. Yeah. And so you can never, but you can't under these rules ad, ad, admit it. Or as if you could, and just go, I don't want to get better yeah. uh, and prove, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like, a, I like a show more like a Parks and Rec or what have you, where you know it's flawed characters that you know slowly get better and learn and and, and grow and yeah, it's, you know it's called, it's called life, right? Yeah, someone who at the beginning would have been just considered like a villain yeah. or a one-note character gets more depth, and then you fill mm. it out and you go on and go on. Sure. Yeah. One of the things I find I find sad as I get older is you know you have uh, people that didn't make it this far, you know, who've uh, who've uh, left us yeah. for you know whatever whatever reasons. And one of the one of the things that I find sad is that like they never got a chance to grow. Yeah. yeah you know, you think of you think of like where where they left us mm -hmm. and and i think of like where was i at that point and how and i don't want to say like and i've grown and i've become a better person but but i'm definitely <laughs> a different person now yeah than i was then yeah and i'm thinking like you never get a chance to see what they would have been like like now mm -hmm. how would they have changed what would have happened you know would they have evolved and i don't mean that in a condescending way i just mean that as in like people change and people yeah. grow yeah. unless of course you know it's like your friend and they limit themselves. Oh, don't call him my don't call him my friend. I'm not a friend. Just okay, an acquaintance. Acquaintance. Yeah. Uh, you know, there you go. He's someone who is uh, is so foolish that they don't get you as a friend. I feel sorry <laughs> for them for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, they just uh, they stay on that uh, one path and keep it keep it tight. It's like that's too bad. And I think of like you know all these other people I know who are very different. Some some who are very different now than they used to be, and some people that are exactly the same as they. But it's yeah. just too bad that they never get a chance. Some of these uh, people too <laughs> try try their paths and try their things and see you then. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not going to claim that I'm perfect, but I I would definitely think I don't I think I've changed for the better in in, in some ways since I was a 20 year old or whatever. Yeah, That's again, it seems like a condescending thing for me to say, but yeah, clearly you have, you know, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I have. I I, I think like. 
you know, since meeting Pia, definitely, you know, changed yeah. uh, my sort of perspective on uh, on a lot of things, and 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 gotten more empathetic. I hope. <laughs> and, and try to actively be a better person, I hope. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and I do think back on when I would have liked, like I used to say, like, spite was a good motivator for me. And I'll show you was a good motivator when yeah. people told me I couldn't do things. Yeah. And, you know, it takes you so far, but then, you know, you got to you gotta put something else in. <laughs> the tank is fuel. Yeah. No, I was that's, winning. That's funny. There's a great line in uh, Last Days of Disco, the Whit Stillman film, where the character says, you know, there's a lot of people who say, I won't take no for an answer, but I just want you to know that I will take no for an answer and I'm easily discouraged. I was <laughs> this to a girl and I just said, I went, oh man, that's me. You know, that's, that's totally me. Like, yeah, I find it really interesting that you like took spite or you used spite as a, as a motivator. Whereas for me, that a no was like a no. <laughs> that was all it was to me. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's not going to well, work everything, then. I guess I'll, yeah, everything really <laughs> for me, like working, working at CBC, yeah. you know, no one wanted a 13-year-old boy yeah, to yeah. be given scripts and, mm -hmm. and shit. No one wanted. And in fact, like the third appearance I ever made on this one, t this TV show I did, I got an award for being their pushiest viewer. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a mean, you know, it's kind of a mean joke yeah. to, to, to do to, uh, to, I guess at that point, 14-year-old. Yeah, and like and I do retroactively look back and go, eh, but you know what? Screen time, motherfucker, got paid no matter what. I'm in the door. That's it. And then you know, wanting to be in theater sports, and they actively didn't want me there. Yeah, and I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna still do it. And you know, there's a part of you that goes like, maybe it's not a good idea to teach people to not take no for an answer. <laughs> you know, in this in this world. Yeah. But that was to a degree, you know, what I had to do was I was mm -hmm. like, no, I can't take no for an answer or I won't, you know, move move forward and do things. Yeah. People are yeah. gonna just tell you continuously, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, and you're gonna have to, you know, just go, eh, I don't fucking know. Just keep going. <laughs> and just and just uh, uh I don't want to say outlive them, but like, you know, uh, just just keep going. Yeah, I think I think at that time in my life I didn't realize that life was one big pile of no's and that you just kind of had to like push your way through it all and and many of them coming from yourself for sure yeah that's a big part of it as well you know but I was just so guileless that I just had no you know I just I know was I know okay because I'll yeah, there's something are, else to do I suppose that's fine there are a lot of times when I'm I'm pitching an idea or first just something in life or whatever to do to somebody and they uh, and they go well here's why it won't work and and you go like yeah, you know what? Because you say that, you're right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The re the response should be, "That's complicated, but how can we make this work?" Yeah, or do it anyway, yeah. and you'll fucking figure it out as you go. Yeah, that's you know, I'm willing to do definitely. the thing that won't work, mm -hmm. and uh, let's see how that let's see how that good <laughs> goes. Because most of the things sure. I've done that I'm proudest of, they don't work. That's just that's stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. You and me doing this podcast is dumb. Why? Who's going to want to listen to this? What are we talking about? I don't know. We're just getting the shit. Really? And people are going to what? Listen for what? Like 10 minutes? No, maybe like three hours. Three hours? Who the fuck is going to listen to this shit for three hours? You fear falling asleep. How? Who's going to do it? And it's like, I don't know. Intelligent people. Intelligent people? Yeah. Some some big award winners, award winners, <laughs> yeah. It's some true. Uh, some brilliant people and amazing and veterinarians and some people <laughs> in Scotland and some people in Australia. 
Australia, they got their own problems. They don't need this. Yeah, and so on. No, oh, wait right. a second. Are we going to do this when there's a global pandemic? Well, no one wants this during a global pandemic. They got problems. Yeah. Yeah, and so on and so forth. But we do it anyway. And do, yeah. No, you're right. It's some of like some of my favorite memories are things that we shouldn't have done, like going down to ape. You know, it's, just like, it's completely ridiculous, but it was great. It's great. Yeah, it's again to the point where it feels like it does feel ridiculous. Like if you if you pulled back and just like showed all the people that were there, yeah, like just in hawk a a mini comic in any direction and hit someone, <laughs> yeah. You just go, who? Oh, well, that's uh, Adrian Tomine. Yeah, oh, that guy. He yeah. just hit him. He's, you know, there's a lot of stuff amazing. Oh, there's Dan Klaus right over there. And there's over there. It's just go, like, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, Shannon Waters. There's this, there's that. Yeah, there's Ed Brubaker. There's this, that. I don't want to mention Ed Brubaker every show. <laughs> there's Love and Rocket Boys over there. There's the. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some people just starting the Simpsons comics over there. I'm going to go talk to them. <laughs> hey, guys, can I be in your comic? Well, of course you can. Okay. I'm not taking no for an answer, though. Can I give you a comic of mine? We don't want this. Take it. Okay, fine. We will. We'll call you in a couple of years. Please do. I'm going to be your lead writer one day. That seems unlikely. You're Canadian. I know. I mean, there's no good reason why I'd be that. And by the way, I'm going to meet friends through that. I'm going to meet good, nice people through that. And I'm going to have good friendships. Oh, okay. And you're going to hire a lot of people from Vancouver. <laughs> Again, this makes no sense to us whatsoever. We know a lot of the uh, animators from the actual show. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, you're going to produce a show about zombies. Damn, are. And it's going to be really popular. Really popular. Really? I don't think that popular. <laughs> Many seasons. Many seasons. Hi, Ed Brubaker. You're going to create the Winter Soldier. I don't know what that means. Okay, bye. And I was a yeah. weird ghost of uh, Christmas future. Jeff Smith was there. Yeah, Jeff Smith was there. Just turned over and saw, uh, hey, Dave Sim, you're very popular right now and everyone likes you and thinks you're a good example. Yeah. You're gonna... And is that, will, will that always be the case? You're going to pay for everyone to get drunk at this party. Good, good for you, Dave Sim. I'm going to see if I can find Larry Martyr maybe. Thousand, your $1,000 tab. Yeah, you got to, because you know what? Comics are making money, and they're never not going to make money. <laughs> Everybody making mini comics, this is where the money is. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. just for us to think it was like a good idea to, you know, pay to fly to San Jose. Where did we get that money from? I don't know. <laughs> we scraped it together. That's how we did I it. Yes, so. The scraping has scraped it together money ever. Yeah, that's right. We went, we went on a plane, didn't take off our shoes going through security. Because, you know, why would you? Got picked up by and, some by some dude. Didn't know him. Yeah, that was again. That was when I would uh, call and just ask for favors from everybody too. <laughs> I'd just be like, uh, "We're coming to town. Can we stay at your place or something like that?" And I'd say that about other things. And they'd go, "Yeah, yes." Now that you've asked, I think we yeah. I think we stayed in a. Did we share a bed? And we shared. I think we shared a bed in a motel, right? I think we shared. I think one of us was on the floor. And no, no, was, no. We shared. Were we? we? shared a bed. Were we spooning? I don't we, remember. We were. We kept to our sides. We were pretty. I good. do remember that there was like a uh, some other uh, hotel rooms where um, uh, there was a lot of people crammed into one room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I remember at one point saying hi to Heidi McDonald and Harvinger just completely 
you know, just like cold, nothing. Friends, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Later became friends with her, but yeah. uh, it was like at the time, you know, you don't know me. And uh, was, that affects me. She's writing for the comics journal. She had a chip on her shoulder. Yeah, I think she was working for Disney Magazine then. Okay, okay. I think that was her, uh, I think that was her big thing. Anyway, uh, we went to, to a place. And, uh, and the nice thing about going to a place is you don't have any options but to be at that place then. Mm-hmm. And then you got to talk to people and it forces you to do things. Yeah, that's great. I'm finding like the opposite of uh, this has been like my week of like, uh, and again, I am going crazy with the, uh, with the, you know, all the stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things I'm finding very, very frustrating right now is uh, uh, this vaccination situation. Yeah. Where everybody, it seems like, is going like, yeah, I just uh, found, yeah, I got one, yeah, I got one, I got one, I got one. And uh, and every time, you know, you do the follow-up of just like, oh, who's got them? Uh, Shoppers Drug Mart. Okay, let me call them up. So you call them up and they go, uh, yeah, you got to go through the um, our uh, answering service here and they'll tell you what to do. Oh, okay, go through the answers. Okay, I'll take you to the website. Oh, okay, go to the website. All right, fill out the form. Oh, okay, that's great. And then you talk to someone and go, yeah, I just walked in and uh, got one that day. <laughs> oh, did you? Because I filled out all these things. So I guess I should be getting a call soon. Nope. Next day, another person gets, oh, okay. So it's not that. It's not that. It's just this continuous thing of just like, yeah, just people who can just walk into places and, and ask things. And... I, I never heard back from shoppers. And I did leave my name. I gave my name and I was on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. But Lisa put my name in, on the website for Save-On. That's why I asked if you have a Save-On nearby. And they, yeah, we don't. Yeah. And they came, got in touch with me like right away. And like they both emailed me and texted me. And I did everything online, and then I went in, and it was about, I think it was about, like, maybe four days after we, you know, like, it wasn't right away, but but I I thought they were, like, the the best. Like, it felt like they were, like, super professional in the way they did everything. Um, yeah. And I if, just don't, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, and it, you know, like, you know, if you can get Vic to drive you to one or whatever, like, it's definitely worth, like, just trying to find one in your area and just putting your name on, on the website for sure. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, I'm on a bunch of websites right now. Okay. okay. Um, uh, but uh, it was it was nice actually. Uh, Vicky, who's my sister-in-law. Yeah. Uh, she got uh, she got her shot today because uh, I've been talking about it online, and so uh, someone else I know said, "Oh, uh, I know there's one opening because my husband can't get his shot uh, tomorrow." Okay. Uh, so uh, when I cancel, I can get you in if you want, and I want to do it with with my wife. So. Uh, I asked if, if she would put uh, my sister-in-law instead down for that, and and that worked out. And so she was able to get her shot today. So that was good. Hmm. Um, but I got, yeah, I got some some good leads as to, as to things. Yeah. But it just is like, and again, I'm a person who's got, okay, two things. One, I have a real problem talking on the phone. Yeah. Real problem talking on the Me phone. Too. Yeah, and, and I've got a real, real problem asking for favors. <laughs> and it feels like I'm asking for a favor, just like, hi, Listen, I know I shouldn't be doing this because there's a I know there's a real way to do this that you, you you know, you will direct me to doing the real way. But all these other people who, who aren't doing the real way seem to be getting shots. <laughs> Everyone who seems to be like I'm in a lineup because you've told me to get into a lineup. Yeah. And someone else is now just breezing by and just going lineup, huh? Fuck face. And just like going and getting the thing. And I and I'm glad that they're getting a shot. I'm happy that my friends are getting shots. Uh, but. Uh, I am frustrated, yeah. uh, you know, because this, because you know what, I can't just, you know, with my wife go and us wander from, 
you know, shop to shop, just going, hello, kind sir. What do you happen to have? Oh, you're full up. Well, we'd love to be put on this. Thank you so much. And we'll walk some more and da-da-da-da. And now there's no way to get back home because, you know, it's not really safe to take a bus right now. So that's great. So this is all fucked. You know, so like all this system that you guys have in place and say is the way to do it clearly is a lie. That's bullshit. Yeah. Just say drop by. That's what you should say. That's what the that's what the government website should say. It's like but this go to your farm. This isn't the government, right? So this is a separate. No, I understand. This is no, the no, parallel no. vaccine program that you're talking about going no, to No, no, no. It's nothing to do with yeah. that, though. Yeah. But like the government websites do say, mm-hmm. if you're you know of this age, yep. you know, go to and make an appointment at. A pharmacy instead. Mm. There's two separate things. There's the government one yeah. where you know you might get the AZ, you might get the Pfizer, you might get the you know whatever you might get. Yeah. But that's going to take a long ass time. Yeah. Or if you're of this certain age, go uh, to the pharmacy. But they do tell you, you know, go to the pharmacy, check their website, sign up at their websites. They mm-hmm. give you that advice. Yeah. That's not the real thing though. The real thing is physically go. Don't listen to any instructions that they tell you. Just fucking, you know, pretend like it's toilet paper and just start fucking, you know, go up and grab it. Well, and that just, I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, you can't do that. But as I said, I did it the way that you're doing it, which is, I well, it appears to, yeah, it appears like everybody that I know seems to be doing it. At least that's what it appears to be on Facebook. Everyone's just like, oh, really lucked out, walked in today and got one. Yeah, really lucked out. But then, you know, you, you, how do you know? You know, and what do you, what do you do? And it's like, ugh, it's just, it's just annoying. And then there's, you know, this part of me that's just like, maybe, you know, maybe I should just be patient and wait this out, you know, but is that safe? And then every day you like, you know, you see more news about variants and how they're more dangerous and all this other fucking shit. And it's just like, Jesus, it's just, just so close to the, so close, not even to the end, but so close to something. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's just so fucking, fucking, fucking frustrating. I'm just going, I'm going so nuts. This is just the, the cherry on the cake of the, of the frustration <laughs> of being, you know, yes. just being in the house for a year. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just completely squirrely now. And, uh, and it feels, it feels, yeah, like we're just at the end and this is where it's dangerous. Yeah. You know, this is the time where you're getting the mixed signals of, okay, so here's, here's the thing that's going to make you well, but coincidentally things have gotten much, much worse. Much, much worse at the same time. So, you know, here's both the extreme good news and the extreme bad news at the exact same time right now. And it's been this uh, long period of nothing. And then it's just like both extremes at once. So, Jesus, okay, fine. Let's figure this out. And, I, and I got, I've got to, like, figure a way of, like, being able to physically go into places and just, like, ask, which is a really hard thing for me to do. But I've got to actually do that. And And even that is a little bit dangerous on its own, like going into – Drugstore after drugstore after drugstore, and you know it's just like eh, people. Eh, eh. So, well, wear, so that's my, wear your uh, mask, I guess. But I've got uh, I've got a mask. I've got the everything. I'm super fucking careful. Yeah. Uh, and this, that, and the other. Hey, Dave. Yeah. You know who should wear a mask? Oh, you're not going to try and we're not going to. I have to tell you before you get to. It's, okay. I have no no dark shadows this week. I'm sorry. All right. Then you're going to help me with reading the letters. Okay, okay. Um, well, can we just take a brief pause and I just have to run in the house and grab my tablet? Please um, do. So I can read them. Yeah, I'm, whenever, I'm sorry. I just, I just had a really busy, just a little plug. I had a really busy week because I was getting uh, ready for our listeners' comments show for a listening party. So oh. we did a listening party. We, we read 
comments from our listeners, and I, I put together uh, four different top five lists that I incorporated into the show. So I spent the last little while, um, the last few days, well, since last week, I guess, really. Um, and also, I was really sick last week, as you know, on yes. Thursday. So that's didn't, didn't, no time for Dark Shadows. But anyway, so I just had a busy weekend with uh, various things, various projects and stuff like that. So it was... Uh, <sighs> And also, it was my anniversary last week. So. Oh, happy anniversary. Thanks. 20, what anniversary 20, is this? 26 years. Yay! Yes. Very nice. And Mary, she went, she went 26 years. That means I'm 27. <laughs> Quiet, you. That's <laughs> right. my 24-year-old daughter. <laughs> then I said, 27. What does that make me? But anyway, I will be right back. All right. sending you uh justice league in a second or someone talking about the justice league so you'll get the gist cool uh yeah don't please do not thank me though because that is not what this is about <laughs> it is not worth thanking being thankful. no it's uh it's a, it's a rough ride okay <laughs> you'll see fair enough fair enough there it goes so let me look at my yeah i'm gonna need you to read the first two letters because they disgust me so i can't uh i can't say them out loud without choking Oh, okay. Um, now we had we had a late comment on episode four eighty eight. Oh, okay. Did you happen to see that? Uh, is that from is that from uh, Lisa? N- uh, no, from Peter Ayers. Did Lisa also write into four eighty eight? Yes, she did. Did she write late? Oh, uh, she did. Take... She did. She did. You're right. She did. Okay. Well, uh, if you want to read Peter, all right. I'll read. Yes. I'll read. I'll read my wife. Okay, so uh, so uh, here's the thing. Uh, so our questions uh, for that week were: uh, When you're vaccinated, what's the first thing you'd like to do? And did you grow up with siblings? Did you get along with your siblings? And so uh, uh, Peter uh, Ayers uh, wrote: I've been meaning to write in for a few weeks now, and luckily the latest question allows me to weave together some recent topics of discussion. So yes, it's going to be long. <laughs> Following my second uh, vaccination, I'm desperately looking forward to being able to swing dance again, preferably with a group of friends and to a live band. Recent fatherhood means that it's been a year and nine months since my last partnered dance, and I've been pining for that feeling throughout. Dancing solo in the living room is all well and good, but it can't be the feeling of connecting and counterbalancing against a partner. Jeez, man, come on. Uh, (laughs) Add live music and you connect with everyone on the floor through the band. Uh, uh, to link to last week's question, since swing dancers have no fixed partner, it's true to say that my favorite dancer is often who I'm dancing with at the moment. As for who inspires me, a bit of context first. Mus's rock and roll used to mean sex. So shag used to mean dance. I specialized in a fast, fun style called uh, collegiate shag, which was the most popular swing dance in the USA before Lindy Hop, and is now experiencing a surge in popularity across the world. I've been lucky uh, to teach in the UK and Europe uh, with my wonderful and constantly inspiring dance partner, uh, Alia, Alia, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Floyd, 
As a duo, we're inspired by mining ideas from classic clips from the swing era, sadly, few of which featured African-American dancers. Uh, the strong angular shapes of Shag did make it perfect fodder for golden age cartoons, and we run a special session in Cartoon Shag. <laughs> Famous faces including George Goof, Tom and Jerry, Donald and Daisy Duck, all can be found dancing Shag. The Donald and Daisy cartoons in uh, particular are drawn faithfully from visual reference from the Disney vault. Unlike many cartoons, there's no rotoscoping and no fudging of footwork. The proof of which is we've managed to translate the routines back into human movement. And then we got a link there to Mr. Duck Steps Out. Oh, that's and fantastic. Taste, I didn't realize they weren't rotoscoped. That they. Uh... Yeah. And for a taste of the best of today's shag, check out my friends Steve and uh, Shanzi. I hope I'm getting that name right. And then there's a clip there as well. So if you're going to uh, SneakyDragon.com, look up episode 488 and then uh, down to Steve's, I'm uh, sorry, to Peter's uh, letter, and you'll see the links that are there. Continuing. Dance is my connection to both Richard Linklater and uh, Linklater and uh, Marvel movies. I was a dance extra in both Me and Orson Welles huh. and Cap's flashback in Avengers Age of Ultron, both of which uh, filmed in London's beautiful Rivoli Ballroom. I had a blast on Avengers, even though there's little to show for a full day of uh, aerobics in full army woods. Ugh. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Uh, to wrap up uh, with local filming, uh, my home in a village of Freshford in the west of England was the location for the Titfield Thunderbolt. <laughs> Not a pornographic movie, but a gentle Sunday afternoon Ealing comedy. That's a very, aside, good, very good movie. Uh, aside from regular Jane Austen films set in Bath, the most notable movie uh, from these parts would be Hot Fuzz, film, oh, Hot Fuzz filmed in the beautiful city of Wells. Dave and I uh, saw Hot Fuzz in, uh, in Seattle. Uh, with the uh, lead and uh, and the director, uh, like many, uh, and and then hung out afterwards with Ed Brubaker. There, there's another Ed Brubaker name drop. <laughs> yeah, get that in before yeah. you know, Winter Soldier goes off the air. And before no we lose anymore. our explicit Ed Brubaker reference or uh, That's right. reading, reading. Uh, like many British cities, Wells is a city because of its cathedral, not its size. And I'd recommend anyone visiting visiting England to head west. For rolling hillsides and charming villages. I would love to. That's fantastic. I have been to uh, Bath, so I guess I have been there. Well, someone needed one. No time for an elaborate <laughs> sign-off. Uh, thank you for your wonderful company your podcast provide, Peter. Well, thank you, Peter. You're welcome. Thank you and uh, that's all very, very impressive. And yes. I like that uh, you were you were in um, uh, you were in uh, a Wanda Maximoff uh, fantasy scene. That's what you were in. That was not reality. That was just in Steve's head and a crazy Scarlet Witch vision. You were uh, you were magic in that. Good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. That's right. I forgot that. All right. And so my wife, Lisa Williamson, also commented. My wife, she also wrote into the show. Oh, no. What's that, right? I'm laughing at that. Okay. Uh, she, Lisa said, hi there. I had to go reread my response as sometimes I think I wrote something and instead wrote something totally different. I tend to do that way more speaking, like the time in grade two when I did an oral report on Mount Cook in New Zealand only to have some smarty pants in the class point out my glaring error. I had been saying Mount Baker, a local mountain across the border in Washington state that we could see from our front window the whole time. Dope. Anyway, <laughs> it was horse shows I was missing, maybe not missing, 
I usually spent pretty much every weekend, April through October, coaching at shows, and once a month over the cold winter months. Brrr. Fortunately, through second and third wave, I have been able to see the horses regularly, but during first wave, I was not able to go see my horse from March through until the end of July, and he did miss me, I am sure. Our pony lives at another place, so we were able to see him regularly, as I am on the list for daily care for him. That is true. And then she wrote to say, To respond to your question about where they are vaccinating in BC, the answer is, all over the place, but so far no malls that I've heard of. In some remote areas with high case counts, they have flown in and vaccinated the entire town, usually at the local medical center. Our daughter Mary was vaccinated back in December on day two of Canada's vaccine rollout due to her working with the elderly. Both times she went to the local hospital. My dad got his first in March. He went through a drive through which is also a COVID testing drive through in the parking lot of a local college. I got my first in March, also at a drive through but mine was in the school district's warehouse. I got my appointment time, had driven into the first section of the warehouse within four minutes of arrival where I got my shot, then drove forward to the second section of the building where we had to turn off our vehicles and wait for 15 minutes. Then mm -hmm. off we went. In April, they started a parallel vaccination program using local pharmacies, and that's where Dave got a shot. Mary's boyfriend, Duncan, is a paramedic, and he got his on site at work. Eve is the last in her family to be waiting for her, for her inoculation. We will see where she has to go to get hers. So there we go. That, those were Lisa's comments in 48. So that gets us up to date with episode 489. Nice. Uh, okay, so you know what? I am going to read the first... I'm going to read the first two. I'm going to get through it, and then you can read Edward's uh, thing, if that's okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Matt Phillips. Oh, wait. Let me tell you what we were talking about. Yes. Uh, well, what is a group you want to be a part of where you're ever able to be a part of it? And what is the oddest side effect uh, that you have uh, ever, ever had? So, there we go. All right. So, let's go uh, to, uh, to the mailbag. Let me open it up. There we go. Letters to Santa Claus. Ah, fuck. Again? Damn it. We well, then what did I send to the courtroom? Oh, no. Santa's being uh, executed. Um, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> His final meal? Venison. Well, that was all. Uh, Matt, he requested Matt, it. I know, and he wants, he wants it rare. I want to see its nose blood red. Um, Matt Phillips writes, sorry, Matt. Uh, hot. Hi, Ian and Dave. A couple of things happened this week which made me think of uh, Sinky Dragon. Firstly, okay, I'm going to get through this. Firstly, <laughs> I ate some leftover spaghetti and so was pleased to hear a reference to Dave's spaghetti sandwiches. I feel it's about time I came out and supported Dave and also a spaghetti sandwich. I like to use leftover cold spaghetti the next day. Plenty of butter, ketchup, sometimes even cheddar cheese. Give me a second, Dave. Mm -hmm. For good measure... Okay. On a separate note, I saw a sign this week advertising chickens for sale. It got me thinking about Chick Talk and how we haven't heard about Dave's chickens in a while. Are they still with us, David? They are still with us. Uh, I guess we haven't talked about them just because, you know, I was going to say the chickens, have, we've just sort of all fallen together into boring routine. Although I got to tell you, uh, one of our chickens is, she's a very broody, broody chicken. Like she likes to go in. She just kind of like goes into the hen house. And never leaves. Just sits there on her eggs. And when you go in, and if you open the door to look at her, she like swells up all her feathers and gets really big, which is why we call her Puff Mama. <laughs> her other chicken is Tupac and Puff Mama. So then uh, Tupac 
is pining though. So in the morning, so you know, I'm up at what was I up at six twenty this morning, and here's Tupac walking around the backyard, crowing like a she's a rooster because she's lonely. Oh. She's missing her her friend, but her friend is like brooding on her eggs, and so uh, the other one is not enjoying it at all. She's walking around crying, crying. Oh. So yeah, it's kind of sad. But they're they're both a couple of characters. Um, I don't think we'll ever get chickens again when when these ones go, though. I think that will be the last end of this experiment. I have enjoyed it, and they have given us a lot of eggs, and I do appreciate that. It's just, I feel guilty, like, when it's 6.30 in the morning, (laughs) chickens making a ruckus in the backyard. Like, it's nothing you can do. Like, dogs, you can go, shut up, or whatever, you know, like, or let them in. But you can't let the chickens in the house. So, and if you throw them food, what are you telling them? If I make a ruckus, I get get food. So that's, that's a bad choice. So... Uh, there's not much, you know, not much you can do about it. I, and then, so now what's going on? Like normally I, I don't like to do this, but they, they like it this way. So I've, I've given in, but they sleep on the steps, uh, going upstairs, like onto the deck. They, okay. they sleep there at night, the chickens. But right now, uh, broody chicken, Puff Mama is inside the, the hen house. So the other one is just by itself out here. Now I'm, I worry because I worry about, uh, raccoons coming around but yeah 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 but um i'm hoping that i'm hoping a that they don't and b that if they do uh, she can like skedaddle they've they've escaped they've escaped a raccoon before i mean i helped i had to intervene but they did escape but yeah that's where that's where we are with the chickens just walking around i mean i gotta tell you like having chicken poo in the backyard great for the grass (laughs) holy hannah i had i had to i mowed the lawn for the first time last weekend partly because we couldn't go anywhere for our anniversary, so we had like a little picnic on the front lawn, oh. which was great, except for the fact that the sun tried to kill us. But other than that, it was fun. <laughs> but when I was, I, vac- I vacuumed, I mowed the front lawn, and then when it came back into the back lawn to mow it, my lawnmower broke. Oh. So uh, it ha- uh, it's a weird, there's like a little, I guess you call it a flywheel or whatever. Like when you pull on the cord, it spins this thing inside the engine. And this thing, when it spins, it has these two little these two little levers that pop out as it's spun. When you pull on the cord, it causes these two levers to pop out and they, they're what grab the ignition, I guess. And then they spin and they, they, the ignition spins and it starts the engine. So I assume when I was pulling this time that something happened and it, those two arms or whatever have broken in some way. Ah, okay. So I have to take it apart. I didn't, I didn't have time last weekend because of doing the show, getting listening party ready, doing a, the Dirty Harry Minute, and plus it was my anniversary. Did I say my anniversary already? It doesn't matter. Anyway, this is all the things that I had on the plate last weekend. So I just, I had to kind of like put, just forget about it. And so hopefully this weekend I'll have some time to open it up and look inside and see if I can fix it. If I can't, I'm not going to get it repaired. I'm going to buy a new lawnmower because I spent $150 last year getting it serviced. And I don't feel like throwing a bunch of money at it again. So now I'm paying $300 for a lawnmower that's 10 years old. So, eh. We'll yeah, see. I'm probably gonna have to buy one as well. Like uh, we we got ours repaired a while back, and it's like, uh, like I, I did the lawn, but I uh, I weed whacked it just because it was like fuck it, I'm just gonna do that. So I, I did that. Yeah, I got it down. It doesn't it doesn't uh, work quite as well as. Uh, nope, does not. We got to push one too, but it's just you're constantly cleaning it out. Like it gets clogged up with vines and stuff, and then I gotta get in there and ah, take it all apart and not take it apart, but like. Pull yeah. vines out, and it's just—it's annoying. Uh, but again, uh, we got yards, so are we complaining? No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice to have a yard for sure. It sure is. Uh, Crystal writes, uh, following oh, up, Matt. Are Thanks. you going to read this, or do you want me to read it? Uh, I'll read this one, and then you can read it if that's cool. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Sure, sure. 
Yeah. Uh, I've not had a spaghetti sandwich, uh, but I have had spaghetti pie. Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> it was savory. Actually pretty good. Hmm. She, she wrote, hmm, that's not me. That's her going, hmm. I think she's going, hmm, like, hmm. Hmm. I may have to try a cold spaghetti sandwich. I wonder how a hot spaghetti grilled cheese might taste. I wish it was lunchtime already. <laughs> Dave has chickens. I'd like to hear about his chickens. If he still has them, he has them. He just talked about them. It's fine. Okay, moving on. Edward Dransky has a letter. Dave, read it. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry. That's I true. got pasta it, Dave. Oh, you did. You did. It's true. I used my noodle, Dave. Very, very nice. All right. So um, I'm going to start reading Ed's comment. If this is the wrong one, let me know. I just... I'm I'm going off of my emails, not not on the website. All right, sorry. it starts with if you're gonna. Okay, okay. So Ed writes to say, if you're going to hear the famous Groucho Marx line about not wanting to be a part of a club who wouldn't want wouldn't have me, it would apply to this story. Did I read that right? It didn't even sound right in my head. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, you got it. Right. Okay, it was 1988. I was in college and was willing to stay on campus for a few summer classes if I could work at the same time. There was a place on campus called Fine Line that employed art students over the summer and gave college credit for working for working there. I was lacking one, maybe two credits needed to even be considered for Fine Line, so I didn't make the cut. Fine Line seemed like a fun place to work alongside fellow art students, designing and printing things they used on campus for the upcoming fall semester, not to mention the experience of having your work printed for real applications. This was before the computer boom that wouldn't hit the campus for another year. It was all hand-skilled work, and I felt like I was missing out. I had one fellow art student friend of mine who made it into Fine Line, so when I caught up with him later in the fall, he told me what Fine Line was actually like. Fine Line was a backstabbing shit show with all-night cocaine binging and fighting under the supervision of the biggest cokehead of them all, graphic arts instructor David Blow. Yes, there were many, many jokes about his name and his habit. Blow was an instructor who was known for his coke habit, so it wasn't long before I found out about that and about how many art students left Fine Line that summer. A few of them were quick to tell me how fortunate I was to have dodged that bullet by not <coughs> making the cut. Like Groucho... I was glad to not be a part of that club. Instead, what I did that summer was simply open the Yellow Pages phone book and started calling some of the smaller agencies in Dallas to see if I could find summer work. Surprisingly, I got about three interviews and ended up working for a very talented creative who had his own one-man business downtown. His specialty was signage for new buildings, hotels, hospitals, etc. So we worked with architects and designed all the signage for buildings that were currently under construction. We picked the fonts, colors, sizes, and layouts of all the signs so when the building was complete, it would have a constant and cohesive flow to the place. It was great experience working with him. I learned far more than I would have at Fine Line, and I don't even use cocaine. <laughs> As far as side effects go, I seem to be devoid of any bad experiences. I tend not to take allergy medication due to the drowsy effects it has on me, so I use more natural methods for relief. The non I heard of a weird uh, cure for, for allergies today, which is infecting yourself with hookworm. Okay. Doesn't this sound weird? But this, sound weird. I was listening to a podcast, and this woman who was on the podcast, her, her wife is a nurse. Yeah. And she has terrible hay fever, and so yeah. she... And so she uses this a technique, and apparently it works. I guess when your body is, you know, gets busy fussing about like and attacking things it shouldn't, which is part of what allergies are. Yeah, having something in your body that actually deserves to be attacked helps turn your body's attention away from from like destructive 
um immuni- you know um, you know uh attacking on you know attacking whatever and then actually doing const- com- constructed attacking i would run that by your doctor first i you know i would say the same thing but you know i just heard it on the show today so i'm just saying yep, i'm, just re- I'm gonna say i'm gonna say what i heard check check with your doctor I've... or you know if you've got one of those numbers that you can just call yeah, that's yeah. like call like a nurse line or something yeah yeah or uh, call them and just go yeah my other suggestion is is check on WebMD, where you will discover you'll discover that your hookworms have cancer. All right, the non-drowsy stuff just makes me jumpy and anxious, so I avoid any of that medication altogether. As gross as it sounds, my dad swears by the neti pot, which is safe, but if not used correctly, can drown you in saline. <laughs> I did have a bad reaction to some potassium, some potassium pills, once that didn't last long. Natural potassium, like you get when eating a banana or an avocado, will make my inner ear itch like a son of a bitch. I just oh. have to wait a few minutes for it to go away. That's interesting. You can also try to scratch it by making loud noises, much like Felix Unger did when Jack Lemon played him in The Odd Couple. It helps at the expense of annoying everyone around you. I do a similar thing to a neti pot, but not with like with just a, a squirt kind of uh, device. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's the same it's the same situation. I found it's it's helped me. With a potassium thing, uh, let me let me suggest uh, you know if you want it's your life. Uh, coconut water is a uh, good tasting. It's not too strong, uh, and has uh, a has a good fair amount of potassium in it. Hmm. So usually I'll make a smoothie in the morning quite often with coconut water in it. I get low potassium and it makes kind of a bit of a heart flutter sometimes if I my potassium is too low. So uh, so yeah, I, I use coconut water and it seems to it seems to work okay. Interesting. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just read uh, Ed's follow-up here. Please do. He says, for reference, I just looked up what Jack Lemmon was actually doing as Felix Unger when he embarrassed himself making those noises in public. He was relieving his nasal passages and embarrassing Walter Matthau's Oscar along with it. The clip refers to it as the honk, and it was also played up by Tony Randall when he took on the role of Felix on television's The Odd Couple. Like Lemon and Randall, my dad would do this to relieve himself, sometimes in public, but it was more it was the inner ear reaction to potassium that he and I both shared. I was more subdued about it, like Oscar mentioned, and wait for it to simply go away. I need a clip. Does he have a clip? He has a clip. Hey, clip. <laughs> okay. Excellent. I uh, you know what I'd like to see is a picture of Walter Matthau as a as a boy. Why not? When does that face turn Walter Matthau? <laughs> does he look like that as a teen? That's a good question. Early twenties? Very good question. Anyway. I was listening to a good podcast called uh, Blank Check, and they were talking about uh, a new leaf. Oh, kind of yeah. Breaking down that, uh, yeah. I think the concept behind the show, and it's a popular show, I should know what I have is. listened to some of them. They, they, did a, they did a George Miller yeah, series, and I, I listened to that. Yeah, there you go. I think it's like, you know, when directors get to do what they want to do, what do they do? And so it was Elaine May and talking about her, and it was really quite fascinating. And I've heard other podcasts about a new leaf, and I do like a new leaf quite a bit. Uh, Me too. So, yeah, very good. Uh, all right, Louise writes us, our friend Louise Moon, uh, and writes and says, a group I wanted to be part of was any Shakespearean theater company. After graduating from university, I auditioned for Ontario's Stratford Festival and for the Vancouver Shakespeare Festival, a forerunner to Bard on the Beach, uh, but I didn't get in. Uh, I didn't either. I also auditioned for Bard on the Beach. I loved acting, but hated auditioning, so I got out of the performance side of things and drifted into writing. I still enjoy quoting Shakespeare, and I do pretty well when it comes to the category on Jeopardy. Uh, The weirdest uh, side effect I had was after I got the shingles vaccine. 
I had developed this hard lump in my arm about the size of an egg. The clinic didn't warn me about this, so I Googled hard lump in arm after shingles vaccine to find out if it was normal or if my body was now incubating an alien entity. <laughs> Luckily, it was the former. Uh, the vaccine only lasts five years, so I'm due for another uh, round. Uh, the newest vaccine uh, is now a two-dose deal, but as shingles is nasty, I should probably cowgirl up and get it done. Pandemic or no pandemic. Also, I'm due for a tetanus shot booster. Uh, which one should get every 10 years. I am. I have not got a tetanus uh, booster. I should. That does make sense. And uh, I, I did recently. I say recently, but it was before the pandemic, so who the hell knows how long ago that was. But I did get the shingles uh, vaccine, both, uh, both doses of that as well. Because uh, I know people who've got shingles, and gosh darn, yep. Yeah, ooh, ah. Mm -hmm. um, I auditioned I, for uh, Brad on the Beach. That was, uh -huh. that was my mistake. Once again, I, I do take no for an answer. <laughs> Yeah, what happened was I auditioned, uh, but I made the, the mistake. First of all, I was uh, young. I think I was like maybe 15. Okay. And and uh, I think I auditioned with, and it just makes me go like, what was my grandma teacher thinking? <laughs> uh, I auditioned with like a monologue from, Shylock's monologue from fucking, you know, Mitz you know <laughs> Merchant Venice. of Venice. Merchant what are you Venice. thinking? What, what, no, of course you shouldn't be doing that. So anyway, so I, just, I did it. I think I might have done the opening of uh, Henry V as well and uh and then the uh person i was auditioning for went just like okay but just ask me this question why would i hire a child when i could get an adult and i was like i can't answer that and that was the end of that so apparently i took no for an answer then huh. um good 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 uh good question director <laughs> um, crystal then writes hey crystal hi again um i know you were also wrote earlier in this uh thing but you know Hello, welcome back. Um, hello again, Ian, Dave, and the whole sneaky listening fandom. Hello. There's to be nice to their fans, but you know, just listen. Yeah, it's good for them. Uh, you can say it. I can't say it. Uh, can't say what? Can't say what? Sorry. Uh, that people who are listening are necessarily fans. I don't necessarily think they're. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't think they're fans? You think? What do you think? No, of, I think they're hate listening. Well, have you not? Yeah, you've listened to things without necessarily being a fan of it, but just like it's in, of interest to you. Listen, Crystal complimented no. me, and I'm smacking no. it away. No, and the more yeah. that I say this, the more I feel bad about it because she was being very nice, and I'm ruining it. I'm ruining the whole damn, damn thing. Ian, I'm sorry, Crystal. You can listen to a half an hour or an hour podcast and not be a fan, but you cannot listen to a three-hour podcast and not. Well, this and, is this is where we give out the lotto numbers. This is so where we. <laughs> Conversation Nine, about 13. age. Yeah, well, we're talking about age differences now. Conversation about age differences reminded me that Nancy Barrett, the actress who played Carolyn uh, Stoddard on Dark Shadows, mm -hmm. was married to David Ford, who played Sam Evans, Maggie's father. Hmm. He was about 18 years her senior. Uh, she must have thought him a swell guy for at least a little while, but they sure didn't match. The marriage didn't last either. I am always surprised. When I hear that Woody Allen and Soon Yi are still together, they seem to like each other. I just wanted to say, like, um, the actor played Sam Evans. Yeah, he seems like he seems to have like the kind of per he, he strikes me as one of those kind of guys who are like really like a know-it-all. Like, like you know, he's probably like a real like theater 
know it all, you know, like knows a lot about theater, has a lot, lot of experience in acting and stuff like that. And so, so um, Nancy Barrett was probably kind of start a little starstruck about that, like his experience. And, you know, when you're starting out in life, people who seem much, much more experienced and, and way better at what you want to be are very appealing to you because they, they, you feel like they have the secret that you need to unlock. Yeah. You can skip a couple of steps. Here's the, here's the thing too. Uh, anyone that uh, makes it in kind of acting or that kind of level of things yeah. also has a charm. Has yeah, a little, like, yeah, that's charisma. true. Yes, that's like true. charisma on a level where you can get hired for it. Yeah. So if you're a regular person who's getting that straight dose of charisma, yeah. uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a good person. They could be a sociopath for crying out loud. In fact, a lot of sociopath, sociopaths are quite charismatic. Um, but, uh, you know, and maybe someone we've mentioned is, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, charisma, it's something, okay, this sounds freaking okay. Uh, we tell the, sh- the truth on this stupid show. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah. when we're talking about how we've tried to grow as people, it's something that I try not, uh, this sounds so bad, but it's, this is, is true. When I'm, when I'm with new people and I feel they're starting to like me. Yeah. I go like, am I turning on the charisma right now? Am I turning something on right now and not being straight with them? Am I putting on a thing right now? And I, and I take it back because I know ways to be sort of charismatic in a way that I could go out and like, again, get hired for something or do something. There's certain things that you learn, you know, in this business we call show uh, that you can, that you can do. So you got to like, go, well, wait a second. I gotta pull it back, and I gotta be me, and I gotta be legit with this with this person here instead of being the charmer. <laughs> gotta, it feels uh, it feels you know egotistical to say that you can charm somebody, but people can charm people. That's there's ways it's to do true. that. You gotta, and you gotta like uh, you know easy pump the brakes, say woo wah, and so on and so forth. Okay, uh, question of the week. Oh, this is good. Let me just let me just let me just say one thing before we go on with okay. Crystal's letter, which is uh, one time I was driving somewhere with Lisa, and she. She had been teaching this woman who had a hus- who was married, and her husband was, was, as Lisa put it, very charming. And she was telling me about how charming he was. And of course, I was maybe a little jealous, and I went, "Well, I'm charming." To which Lisa immediately responded, "No, you're not." <laughs> oh, the truth. Anyway, go on with the uh, question of the week. This is such a deeper d- dive that we do another time. There's charming, there's endearing, there's many other things. Well, it's just that well, she was talking about yeah. someone who was very much the sort of like a. You know, someone who would saw you and would be like, "Oh, you look great today. How are you? How are you doing?" Yeah, you look, yeah, yeah, know, that yeah. kind of thing. Which that's true. I am not that kind of person at all. Like, I'm not someone who who butters you up when I when I when I when I meet you. Right? I'm friendly and I'm happy to see you. And I obviously am happy to see you. And Lisa often talks about how I will look at. She'll say she'll look at a picture of me and she'll be like, "I love when you look in pictures like you love that person who's taking the picture," which I can't see myself. But yeah. She'll talk about that, you know, and so I do look at people that way, like people that I like a lot. I look at them, you know, in a way that lets them know that I like them or love them a lot, right? But right, well, I'm not yeah. charming them. I just, I, I do really like them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a couple of different, there's a couple of different ways of going about it. And like, there's one thing that's just a really basic thing is people want to be seen. So you definitely, when someone, when you're talking to someone, they feel seen and that's right. And then you do that in a very sincere way because that's who you are and you want to listen to them and hear what they say. So there's there's that. But then, yeah, there's other ways of doing the charming thing where you go like you pick up on. It's almost like doing a cold reading of somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you pick up on something they say 
and you go like, okay, now I know this much about you. I can now tell you a story from my life that connects in a way to something I know you like. And now I'm building this up. And now I'm going to incorporate you into the story in a way by asking your opinion on a certain point. Okay, now we're, we're building that up and now I have like charmed you. It's, there's, a, there's things you can do. Yeah. And when you realize that you're doing these little tricks, you got to go stop cold reading, knock it off, <laughs> just, 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 just drop it off, drop it all. And just like, now I'm just talking to this person. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm say like this, uh, I'm sorry, Chris, so we are going to get back to your letter. Um, an example is, let's not say it's this morning. It was another day, not what I did this morning. Okay. But this morning, another day, <laughs> I was uh, I was on a Zoom call uh, with Europe. Okay. And uh, I was pitching a TV show. Yeah. And so uh, you know, it was at it was at nine in the morning, which to me is like one in the morning to someone out there. I mean, it's in waking up at that hour. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I did not have any of my regular human being parts working, really. So I had to just be charming. Yeah. So it was like, strip it down, listen to everything that they're saying, repeat back the last couple of things they've said, just build on what they're saying, and only say something when you've got something important to say. And if you have a chance to make it devastating, go for it. <laughs> if you've got a joke that's so-so, hold it, put it off to the side. If you've got one that's great, now let that one go and just balancing and balancing and balancing and i was just being full-on charming in a way that i had to be because it's nine in the morning and i'm on a zoom call you know and i've got to, i've got to sell something and that's different from being in a room with someone who's a person which i hopefully will be able to do it in the future in your life we'll see but anyway i've got to be able to do both things and yet i still can't walk into a drugstore and go hey can i have a shot because that's me being me that's me being an actual person. I'm a human being at that point. That's someone pitching a show. Yeah. Anyway, back to Crystal's letter, which is the most important thing right now. Crystal, your letter is important. I'm sorry about that. Question of the week. People are hardwired to feel like they uh, need to belong. We're social animals. Sometimes I wonder if everyone suffers silently with feelings of exclusion or there is some genetic mental predisposition or specific personality types uh, that make uh, some people either feel left out when they might not be, or possibly more keenly aware of the fact that they have been excluded. Uh, I've often felt like I was on the outside looking in at everyone having a great time. Uh, but I also question if that is indeed my reality, or when I feel like that, is that just my ego is easily bruised? I've wanted to be part of many groups, but even if you join clubs or organizations, you're either part of the inner clique or you're not. Uh, I know how bad that feels, and I would hate to make someone else feel like that. My staff and I try hard uh, to make sure everyone is, feels welcomed and accepted at the library. And we've been told before that our library is warm, friendly, and we treat people like they're real people, not just a number. Well, that's excellent. Well done. Um, sub question. I normally don't have side effects from medicine or vaccinations, but the Moderna COVID vaccine must have triggered early arthritis or something because my joints are still aching and bothering me. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, thanks for keeping me amused and laughing. I really enjoy listening to your banter. Have a great weekend and upcoming week. Do you think some people have a predisposition to feeling excluded, Dave? Uh, yeah, well, I can see that. I, I, you know, if people are predisposed to be depressed, I think you can have a predisposition to feeling like an outsider or feeling ex excluded. Hmm. That's I think a lot of that's uh, that is school. That's family. It's a lot of there's a lot of things you learn 
and what have you. But I've always been, I think I've always been an outsider for as long as I can, as long as I can remember. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was earmarked as a weirdo from, from the get go at school, <clears> you know, and that, and through no fault of my own, I didn't try to be, but I just was, I was a different, I was different than other people, you know, for one thing I was American, you know, <clears> and that marked me as different from other kids for whatever reason. Yeah, you would wear that full body flag all the time. You know, well, I mean, we ha- I had family friends that I went to school with. And mm. so those kids knew my, my, you know, they just knew my history, right? They knew, they knew from knowing me from, from childhood or from knowing me from like infancy, you know, like we all grew up in the same neighborhood from when we were babies right. and, we were, and we were baby friends and we were two-year-old friends and we were four-year-old friends and we were school friends. But, but, uh, so they knew that part of me. And then of course, uh, sometimes when they were, for whatever reason, because kids can be mean, they would decide some days that they wouldn't talk to me because I was a Yankee, you know? And then they would exclude me from all the games and stuff like that for the, and the things they were doing. Just weird things like that, right? So those are part of, like, you know, that. But also, you know, I just was different than other people because I was, and, and this is not to boast, but I was smart. I was smarter than most of the kids that I went to school with. I didn't really understand that then. Someone was saying, some, something that someone said to you that changed your life that was a question we did a while ago. Yeah. And I think that was uh, Jonathan, actually, two-time winner of the question and answer, um, who uh, asked a question. And it took me a while to think of an answer to it, but the answer to that for me would be when I was in grade 12, I had a teacher say to me, recognizing how frustrated I was trying to explain myself to my ideas to kids in the class, she took me aside after class and she said, you know, Dave, not everyone is as, as smart as you are. And that was the first time that ever occurred to me that people were different, that people were differently, like differently intelligent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that people were like not understanding me just out of this sheer like willfulness <laughs> rather than that they just didn't get it. You know what I mean? But she was just trying to explain to me that like, people just, they're not getting what you're saying because what you're saying is too advanced for them to get right now. One day they will get it, but right now they just don't understand. And so, I was like, oh, that's, it just never occurred to me that that's how the world was. But anyway, so when I was in elementary school, like, I didn't think of myself as different from other people, but I obviously was, you know, I was reading before I went to school. So I was different like that in that way, you know, I was much, I was much more, I was way more interested in like weird things than other kids were. I liked radio shows and I liked old things, you know, and I just, I know, I liked old movies and I, I know I was just like different. So, you know, like you just, sometimes you just have to like, accept that about yourself but it's hard when you're in elementary school of course because everything all all the drivers are all driving you to want to be part of the group well yeah everything about it is like all right you've all got to learn the same thing you've all got to line up now yeah yeah you've all got to do the same thing yeah so that's why my my teacher in grade one when we started doing the readers she would elastic band my reader shut you know of course i could pull it off but the idea was i'm not you're not supposed to read past this point because you can't be more advanced than the other kids in the class. Mm. And of course, it was boring. So I would just take the elastic off and just reread the whole reader again, over and over again. And just put the elastic back on when I went to school. You know, but it was just like, yeah. And the problem with stuff like that, of course, is that it doesn't help you as a student because you are excluded from, this, from learning. Like the teacher doesn't mean to do that, but they are excluding you from learning because you are, you're already done. Like You already know how to read two-syllable words. You already know the stuff that you're learning. And so you're just sitting there and you're just like excluded because it's, it's, you're done it and it's boring. So, you know, instead of, you know, making it so everyone feels together, you just feel excluded. So you're now you're outside of this situation, right? Yeah. And then that becomes like the, your school theme. Also the fact that I was, you know, born as a giraffe and had all the, had all the, uh, 
the athletic ability of a baby giraffe. So that excluded me from being like, uh, a, even though I played sports, I was never like popular as a sports player because I wasn't good at it. So the kids didn't really want me on their team. So I was like chosen last when I when I would play sports with with, with my friends, so called. And but yeah, I think that we are like, I think we are a social animal. I mean, there's got to be a reason why when you park your car at the back end of the parking lot, so no one parks near your car, and then you come out a half an hour later, and there's five cars around your car. There has to be a reason for that, <laughs> you know? And it's just, we're social animals. We're like, oh, this person parked over there. I guess I will too. And so people park there because they want to be near other people, you know? And it seems like a good idea. Well, that's a good idea. Park over here where your car won't get d damaged. I'll park right beside this person's car. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens, right? So that's just the way we are. We're, we have like this herd. We have a, uh, we have some of it. Some, we obviously have like a herd mentality. Like we are part of some, in our background, our evolutionary background was uh, being a member of like herds and we have that element to ourselves of feeling safer in numbers you know and so when you are excluded it feels unnatural because you are not in the herd you know and it feels like you're gonna yeah it feels like you're gonna be killed you know if it's dangerous to not be with the group I, I i i felt a slightly opposite to it and that i got these strong memories of uh let me make it about me now yeah yeah um uh, when, I, when i was in elementary school it was very uh, strict because it was a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't all have to wear outfits or anything, but there was a lot of line up now and do this. And if you do the <laughs> wrong thing, get your hand slapped. And yeah, yeah. And, the other. and there's times where like I did something wrong and uh, the uh, principal grabbed me by like my, my snow, snowsuit and like grabbed me by the hood and like dragged me to his office where I was choking. Like I was choking as I couldn't breathe <laughs> as, he's, as, he's, as he's dragging me to the office and I'm like just coughing and can't breathe. Um, and, and there's, there's all these, like, I didn't understand school. Like I didn't understand it when I was, go when I originally was going, it was like, so what do you get in trouble for doing? And I was trying to get the rules down. Like, I remember really clearly before going there, like, what can't you do? And it's just like, can you whistle? And then I was told, no, you can't whistle in class. Okay. All right. So you can't whistle. And I just was just like, that's the one thing you can't do is you can't whistle. I just was like really clear. Like you can't whistle. If you get, if you'd be in trouble, you're bad. If you whistle, that's so don't whistle and then just do exactly what you're told, but don't whistle. Yeah. I don't know why, but like really so clearly. Um, and at one point a kid whistled, no one gave a fuck. And it was like, well, eh, everything's broken. Uh, but I, I just remember like, if you're good, it's going to be okay. And we'd always line up and then the, we'd line up in the boys line and then someone in the boys line would do something wrong. And then we'd all get punished for it. And I would never do anything wrong. And then I get punished for it uh, every day. I get punished for doing nothing and uh and and that kind of and then often i'd be in class and the teacher would get like hear a noise or something and think it was like our group that did it and it wasn't and we get punished and i just realized oh it doesn't matter i just had this real clear thing of just like <laughs> this is all bullshit there's nothing yeah there's nothing there's no good there's no bad doesn't matter yeah. they don't know and so i broke away from the group at that point realizing what's getting me in trouble is this group hmm because these guys are fucking up and I'm getting dragged down with them. Mm. And so I just made myself into kind of a loner for, uh, for the being part of uh, my school in this until like maybe grade five. Because it just went, these guys are all trouble. Everyone else is fucking dragging me down. Fuck it. I got to get away from them. So I forced myself into being a loner. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then I was a weird. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I think you can, that can be conscious. But I also think that I often wonder, I wonder if what's, 
more of a driver for most people isn't necessarily the feeling of exclusion, but the fear of exclusion. You know, so that's when you get like mean girls or or sure. jock types and stuff like that, where you create a situation where you just through power of will. You know, like when I think of like super popular girls when I went to school. Like, ones who, like, kind of felt like they ran the school in a way, you know what I mean? Like, they were just, like, these big personalities. Like, they weren't necessarily good-looking, but they just carried themselves in a way that everyone agreed that they were popular. You know? And they just it was just through force of will. There was no reason for it. No, there wasn't an election or anything. They just created a situation. They created the they created the, the standards. They created the, the criteria. And they just, they lived up to it because it was their criteria. And they just, they just... Uh, you know, through oh. sheer, you know, sheer force of will. But so a part of that, though, is the, you know, is the fear of being excluded. So you, you create the rules, and you can't be excluded. Then, you know, it's funny too. You're going like, uh, you know, they were, they weren't even good looking. <laughs> it's just like, it's just strange to me. The idea of, uh, like, I know that in our culture, yeah, we kind of go like, well, the high school girl is the prettiest girl there is. It's like, Ooh. like, not, um, not that. I just, no, no, I just I, mean no, like. I get it. Where I'm, where I'm going to go with that though, yeah. is, and I will let you finish your thought, yeah. uh, is, is uh, no one is, you know, is like that kind of sexy, beautiful as a high school girl. Like at best, at yeah, best, yeah. No, you're right. they are a cartoon version <laughs> of a, of an attractive, an adult. Yeah, yeah. But they're a child yeah. and, you know, uh, putting on, you know, uh, adult face. Sure. And, and, and doing that. They can be, I mean, everyone can be attractive in their own way and that's fine. But like, as in that kind of like, they're not good looking. I was like, well, no, they're not because they're a child. But I mean, I'm yeah. I'm judging them from my perspective as a fellow child, not right. not as an adult looking back at them. I mean, as a as a kid, you know, as another teenager, you know, my experience with these people would be not would be like that. They're you know, they're sparkling wit. They're incredible, you know, they're incredible facility and skill at something. They're 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 uh, beauty both in inner and out. No, there's nothing about that. It was just all just sheer willpower that that brought them to this place where they were just like the the you know the the queen of the school or yeah, or vice versa we, the cock of the walk or whatever yeah you know? it's what we were just talking about a, a second ago which yeah. is charisma yeah there they you have, go yeah they yeah have charisma yeah exactly exactly yeah and they're utilizing it yeah to lead people and to be and to uh do that yeah and that's yeah and if you you know if you said to them like you know like this is really unfair like it's it's so unfair to have like this system where you know, there's like top dogs and there's all these people that are just like stuck on the bottom and they can never escape. And the response to you would be, yeah, but it's great at the top. And you go, well, I guess that's true. Like, that's not the, that's your, if that's your argument, then I guess you can't and argue with this it. Is, and this is how America works. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, this system is really bad at all for all these people. Yeah, but at the top, it's great. Man, yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, Fair point. And that's how you get Nomadland. We tie it all together. <laughs> all of it together. <laughs> all right. I, I got, a, I got uh, two questions. Uh, one one is, I know we were talking about like something someone said to you that changed your life. That was an old question of ours. Yeah. But we, we brought up the, uh, the, the, the trip. Uh, have you, what, 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 did we ever have like, have you ever had a trip that changed your life? Have we done that yet? No. All right, let's do that. Where have you traveled to? What is a what is a what is some place you traveled to that changed your life? Let's go with that. Um, I'm also going to go with a pop culture thing we mentioned. Of course, Nomadland has has anyone out there seen any of these Oscar movies? Uh, and uh, what are you rooting for if you have seen? 
Oh, Mary is going through watching all of the Oscar-nominated films, actually. Yeah, I've seen Mank and I've seen uh, Nomadland so far, and I saw uh, the short that was uh, about uh, school shooting, the animated one as well. Saw that. That's also on Netflix. Uh, but those are the three I've seen so far. Yeah, Mary's. Well, Mary's seen Nomadland because she watched it with us. Um, she also watched. Uh, she was. I, she's watching. But she was watching um, Sound of Metal last night. Oh, okay. Which she thought was okay. All right. She, All said, right. she said, "This is a movie that was." Uh, Made so the sound design would win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, uh, when you eat drums, drums uh, do well in the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's very good. Do, you, do you have a question or anything you wanted to uh, throw out there? Or are you good? No, I like those questions. I, I'm fine with that. All right, then let me throw out uh, our plugs. First of all, Dave, you've got another podcast that uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, that you're answering uh, things for uh, now. Are you doing something special for? What's, what's going on? Yeah, we did a listener's, listener's comment show where we went through people's comments. and uh, we. Oh, on what, what's the podcast called? Oh, this is a Sneaky Dragon listening party Mary, I do with my daughter Mary. And Mary and I, we, we played, played some songs. I chose uh, some top five songs and made some lists uh, and, uh, and actually was inspired by something we were talking about last week on the show to change one of my lists. And I did, uh, I did songs, uh, top five rodent songs. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> so anyway, so um, yeah, so we just went through uh, what people had written in and to talk about, and Mary and I, you know, responded and talked about what people said, and we also played some music. So it's typical, typical listening party show, except more uh, listener participation, which is always fun. Great. So if you want to listen to that, uh, you go to the same place that you listen to this, uh, SneakyDragon.com, if you do listen on the web. But at uh, SneakyDragon.com is uh, where you find all of our podcasts, including... Uh, completely Beatles, Totally Tintin, Full Marks, uh, and Fansplainers. Uh, and all of those are available for free. If you feel like uh, throwing us uh, a buck or two a month, uh, well, we've got a, a Patreon uh, account, and you can go to patreon.com slash sneakydragon, or there is a link on our website. Um, if you want to uh, see what I've been doing comics-wise, uh, I do a comic with my wife, Pia Guerra, uh, on gocomics.com. Uh, That's where you find your uh, Luans and your Peanuts. <laughs> and we do one to, uh, every day called Mannequin on the Moon. And uh, and uh, we change that every day. And we also have uh, an Instagram account, Mannequin on the Moon, where I uh, reprint uh, the ones from, from the day. But go to the website. It does better for us. <laughs> uh, we also have our own uh, website called hellkitty.com, uh, my wife and I. And if you go to hellkitty.com slash super you will find the first issue of a comic book that we have done together as well with our friend Moritat, and that is Pay What You Want. So click on it, and if you don't want to pay anything, don't pay anything. That's fine. But in the world of already published out there in bookstore books, I have a couple of issues of uh, Exorcisters Volume 1 and Volume 2 that I did with Giselle Legacy uh, about two sisters who will save your soul if you sell it to the devil. Uh, or are they sisters? You'll have to read them and see. Uh, and David and our friend Nina Matsumoto and myself have two books out so far in our series uh, called Sparks, uh, done by Scholastics Graphics Line. They are best-selling books in Canada, uh, and they're going to be part of a trilogy, uh, third book coming out soon. But right now, Sparks, with an exclamation mark, is out. Sparks, Double Dog Dare, is out, and they are about two cats who want to be heroes. But no one takes cats seriously as heroes. Why would you? Uh, so they dress up as a dog and save the world a couple of times. And uh, people seem to like that quite a bit. So that is wherever 
books are sold, those. And I think that is uh, our plugs for the week. Is that good for you, Dave? I love it. I Very love, good. And I love all those books that you mentioned. I do too. I love I love them all. I love what we do. And uh, we really appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you're all staying very safe. Please do. We're in the uh, last days of this uh, nonsense, or at least last week's, last month's, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so hold on to hold on to things. Wash your hands. Be good. Get vaccinated. Uh, we love you guys, and we will uh, see you next time on Sneaky Dragon. I've been Ian Boothby. And I've been David Dedrick. And I've been the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Get out of here, Lincoln. <laughs> we don't of, want you here. Enough of you. Oh, fuck you guys. Jesus, Lincoln. Get out of here. <laughs> that guy was a real asshole. hanging around. Oh, he's pre- okay. pretending he's chopping wood when he's just sitting around, sitting on the log pile smoking. I know. Look at him. Fucking yeah, asshole. He says said, he said he's writing something on that shovel, but he's not writing nothing. Oh, damn yeah. liar. Asshole. Fuck off, Lincoln. <laughs> Why didn't people want to be friends with us? Yeah. What did we do? What did we do?